Poor Russell Wilson. No, he's not. I guess at least he has a baby to look forward to. The NFC West is going to be crazy. And welcome back, everyone. It is episode 82 of Thirst and Goal. I am here. My name is Franny. Ben, right across the table from me. Ben, how's your day going? Or how's your week been? Oh, very good. Very good. It was a little bit longer week than I anticipated uh, in terms of the amount of work that went into this week. Uh, But ultimately, not too hot. Uh, working from home, not too hot this week. I I'm, think we're just I'm getting used to the heat. Still, I mean, 90 degrees is not considered too hot. That's true. I'm trying to continue to work outside, uh, although this upcoming week it will be about 100 degrees yeah, some of the days. Uh, so it may be time to work from inside <laughs> the house, but trying to give Sonia her space. Uh, so I've relegated myself uh, to the comfortable garage. Friday, how about you? How was your week? It was it was good, Ben. I mean, it was a long one. It seemed like it dragged a little bit more than the last few weeks for some reason. Uh, I worked today. You know, woke up early this morning. I am a little tired, but always excited as usual to do this podcast, Ben. Absolutely, uh, nothing will get me up off my ass and then down in a different chair faster than doing this podcast. Friday, what are you drinking over there uh, tonight, Ben? On the table, uh, I have a little bit of the Knob Creek Rye Small Batch 100 Proof uh, with a little bit of Coke and uh, a little bit of club soda as well. What about you, Ben? I like it. Yeah, we have uh, quite a number of bottles on the table this <laughs> evening, uh, more than normal for some reason. Where do we begin? Yeah, exactly. I am drinking old school again, just about to polish off that bottle of Tangare. Yeah, uh, drinking a little Tangare and tonic. There's and a little bit of rosemary. A little bit right of there. rosemary that I forgot to put in yeah. the uh, in the gin and tonic, uh, and I'm just about to polish that bottle off. And keeping with our theme that we have, or I have, uh, been going with the last few weeks, drinking many, many beers that Franny has never had, beers <laughs> from my childhood. This week, uh, I think we did Budweiser, Miller, Foster's, and PBR, I think so was, far. Wait, Budweiser, did you say Budweiser? Yeah, Budweiser. Budweiser, Miller, Coors. Oh, Coors, yeah. Yeah, you forgot Coors there. But yeah, I mean, it's all beers that I really never tried because i just figured they tasted like crap and most of them do that is true uh so i mean uh out, out of all of those though out of all those the pabst was probably the top of the worst but we might have a little competition tonight <laughs> we're going to be trying yeah, the I'm red on. stripe yeah, which uh, has an interesting story from my childhood can't wait uh, to hear that it, it's uh coming soon it, interesting times interesting <laughs> times they all taste good to me because they you know they have memories tied to them uh, some good and some bad uh friday what are we going to talk about tonight uh tonight ben as usual we have our nfl news we also have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there we also have a promo for one of our fellow football podcasters we also have our tag team news our thirst and goal news my eagles sonya's seahawks and ben your steelers we also have our feel good story are you still finding these feel good stories i ben? am and i still feel 
good finding them. And I feel good listening <laughs> yes, you to do. them. That's when you start doodling. I usually check Instagram <laughs> and uh, Twitter while you're talking about your feel-good story. But we also have our shot of the week in commemoration of National Tequila Day, which was, I think it was yesterday or today. It's one of one of these days. Uh, so it's a shot with tequila. Obviously, it has to be. Uh, we also have our beverage of the week, which is a Compass Box offering. It is the Great King Street Artists Blend. So I can't wait to try that. We also have our beer of the week, which is a German-style Pilsner from Turkey. Yeah, I think this is our first Turkish beer. I believe so. The, I believe so. What is it? The Ephes Pilsen, Ephes, I believe. It's the Mediterranean beer. That's what, they, that, that, that's, that's, that's what they call it, the Mediterranean beer. Yes, allegedly and, the best Mediterranean well, beer on the planet. Well, we, like, we like our Pilsner, so we'll give it a shot. Can't wait to try that as well. And we also have some housekeeping to finish up the show. All right, Franny, what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news. Wow. What do you want it to start was an with? Interesting <laughs> week this week. A whole lot of nothing for the most part, other than, you know, negotiations between the NFLPA and the league. But today we got a blockbuster trade after a seventh month contract dispute. The Jets agreed to trade all pro safety Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. For a package that includes all of their picks for the next five years. Actually, it's first round, uh, two first round picks, or one first round pick in each of the next two years, and a third round pick, as well as Bradley McDougal, uh, off maligned safety of the Seattle Seahawks. So it's first round picks in 2021 and 2022, a third round pick in 2021, and they get back a fourth round pick and Bradley McDougal. But after all of the consternation and bad mouthing of the Jets front office and their ownership and demands for trades and demands for contracts, Jamal Adams finally gets what he wants after saying that Adam Gase is not the leader that the Jets need. Frane, what say you about giving away your entire inheritance for <laughs> uh, an automobile? Uh, it's it's a very good automobile, though, Ben. Um, he, he is, uh, you know, it, it, they, they've had, you know, Cam T Chancellor, they've had Earl Thomas, now they have Jamal Adams out there. Um I think it's a good move. I mean, I know you are not uh, off the podcast. You voiced your opinion about it. I think it's a good move. I mean, they, gave, they did give up a lot. You know, two first a round lot. picks, a third round pick. McDougal is also moving to the Jets now. Um, but when I mean, we, you know, we, we saw what happened with the Minka Fitzpatrick move that the Steelers made last year. And I sort of poo pooed that. I didn't think it was a good move at the time. I poo pooed it. I poo pooed it. Um, but. You know, it, it ended up being a great move. Uh, the Steelers gave up a little less. I mean, it was a first round and a third round, if I'm not mistaken. That's, That's what correct. it was. But in the very first game. Huge interception. Interception, exactly. And so if Jamal Adams can have a huge difference uh, on this team, on this defense, because they did struggle. I mean, you know, the Seahawks, all the success that they've had over the last seven or eight seasons. Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, but it's been their defense, really, that has elevated them. I don't argue with that, but that's because the offense was incapable of elevating them, given the cast of characters that were been put about or put around Russell Wilson. Uh, if I if this was our defensive end, if this were uh, Khalil Mack, if this were someone who played a different position and What's with a with different with What's a wrong? Different, what do you have against you have, what do you have against safeties and cornerbacks? They're it's just like just, not that important 
I mean, Earl Thomas, Troy Polamalu, Ed you're, Reed. You're, you're looking forward to next season and and the contract that they may have to sign him to. It looks like he's looking for twenty million dollars, but it's this is a Too win. Safety. This is a win now league. So if they have a lot of success this season, they may have a little more leverage in signing him for a little bit less cash. I don't disagree with any of that. I, I just I just don't understand what the thinking is for a team with the best quarterback in the NFL or arguably one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL, you trade away a first round pick next year, a third round pick next year, a first round pick the following year. You've already got one of the worst, if not the worst offensive lines in the league, uh, a defense overall that's ranked in the bottom third of the league. Uh, and you have Jamal Adams, Maybe not who, next season. who is already not with this move. And with Minka Fitzpatrick, he only had a year under his belt. The Steelers have three years with him to recoup that first and third round pick. Jamal Adams needs a contract after this year. He has a fifth-year option coming up next year. He's not going to play for $10 million next year. He will hold out. He's already said he wants $20 million. It gives him time to plan this next season. So what happens if he wants $20 million and the Seahawks aren't going to give it to him? You're you're paying a first, two firsts and a third for a one-year rental. Of a safety of Troy Polamalu, of Ed Reed, of of uh, you know Earl Thomas, those guys are not the kind of guys that take you over the top. If it were me, I would not. I would. I would. Yeah, but you saw how big of a difference maker Minka Fitzpatrick was right away oh, on the football. Exactly. But we've got so, T.J. Uh, Watt. We've got. Uh, I can't remember Joe Hayden. We've got. We've got a lot. You know, we have Cam Hayward and a whole bunch of other guys on defense that come together as a unit. We're a little weak in the linebacker core. I, I'll give you that. But one of the best defensive lines, a decent secondary. Secondary, uh, we already have a, uh, we already had a decent. Uh, yeah. uh, but the Seahawks, free safety, the Seahawks usually. So mess we have up. complimentary players. They have yeah. nobody. It's Jamal Adams and and Bobby Wagner and you you name who. <laughs> I mean, it, there's not a lot of guys on. Yeah, that but defense. usually the Seahawks find you know good solid you know defensive players later in the draft. So I mean they would have probably fucked up the first round anyways. That's so that's probably give true. it away. I mean just just like with Minka Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, you know I mean you could have went out in the draft and 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 picked up some sort of safety in the draft in the first round, but would he still be the same caliber player that Minka Fitzpatrick was? So you're giving away a first round pick, but you're basically getting a guy that is first round caliber. Oh for and, sure. And, and, Actually, the Steelers deal I think was better because we got we got essentially well, what is a first round pick, but we got to watch him play for a year and got him for the same pick we well, would have got him for had we taken him in the draft. Jamal Adams though. And we don't have to pay him for 3 years. It's, that's true. That's true. That's I mean that's that's a, a huge unknown. And he's we don't not know what's running around calling everybody on the, the everybody in the front office a douchebag or a racist well, or this or that. I mean the way the that. Jets have been run the last few years, so I would probably call some of those people douchebags too. I mean if you hire Adam Gase as your coach then you're a douchebag. I don't disagree I, I, with that, but keep it, keep some of that behind closed yeah, doors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was very, very vocal, you, and and he got what he wanted. He wanted a trade, and he went to a contender. Right, and this is and this is what you know. This is always the way. In, there's always going to be a team. You know, maybe there wasn't a team for Cam Newton this year, but ninety nine percent of the time, there's going to be a team out there somewhere that's either going to give you the contract you want or give you the compensation in a trade that you want. There's thirty two teams. And there's always going to be one, in most cases, mm-hmm. that's willing to give you what you want. But McDougal, a third rounder, two, and two and first two rounders. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Two first uh, rounders. And McDougal, was, you know, he was hot and cold. Either he yeah. completely gave up the goat or he or he played spectacularly. There was sort of no middle ground with him. 
But I think coaching McDougal up a little bit more in the offseason and through training camp, I think he could have been a serviceable safety. Or you could get a, you know, a, a Pro Bowl player in Jamal Adams. I mean, you know, he may have... Um, you know, come into his own and been a serviceable player, but you know what you have in Jamal Adams and what he's proven on that team. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I would like to, but I can't. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the guy can play from, he can play anywhere on the field. He can rush the passer from the safety position as well. 6.5 sacks last year. Uh, you know, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good from the safety position. He can play in any, in any defensive package. He is is an incredible defender in the middle of the field as well as on the perimeter. Thank I mean, you. he's he's a great player. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not yeah. a great player, uh, but even Troy Polamalu wasn't you know enough to push the Steelers over the top without the other defenders they had on that team. Same with Ed Reed. Uh, you know, wh- who wh- where would he be without? Uh, Ray Lewis and the rest of the guys. They but it makes it a little bit easier for the other guys that are out there on the field. When you have this all-star player out there, it kind of makes things a little bit easier for everybody else. The cornerbacks, you know, covering, it, it, it just makes things easier for those other guys that are not on the same level. I don't disagree. I, I mean, and and the the one convincing argument that I think a lot of people have made, including yourself, is how pathetic Pete Carroll and John Schneider have been at drafting players mm-hmm. since they've come up through the, you know, since they've taken over in Seattle, they, they haven't done a great job of drafting unless someone like I know how DK Metcalf hate. falls in their lap because no one else takes him. And it's Why just by de- so long? long, man. And it's just by default that he ends up, that he ends up on the team. It wasn't as if Pete however, went out and ha- LJ Collier last year was however, a complete which bust. Way they got him. However, which way they got him, they got him. I mean, Richard Sherman was a what, six round pick. That was a pretty good six-round yeah. pick for Richard Sherman, too. I mean, I know how much you dislike Richard Sherman and the way he runs his mouth when he probably shouldn't. But that was still a good find late in the draft, and they usually find these guys late in the draft. So for the Seattle Seahawks to give up two first-round picks, I don't see it as as a, as a huge deal because they're for them. Not, I mean, they took LJ Collier last year out of, I think he came out of the SEC, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe not. Did he come out of, yeah, I can't remember where he came out of. I mean, but the, he was a bust last year, their first round pick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of a crapshoot in the draft. You just never know what you're going to get. With the Steelers, you know, giving up a first rounder for Mika Fitzpatrick, now in hindsight, it's it's a great move. It was a great move that they made. And you made. were against it. I was against it. But now I learned from my poo-pooing of that trade. And I'm like, you know what? If 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 give another what throw another first round pick in there throw throw in all of them <laughs> throw <laughs> five not. first rounders in there for the but, next five years but, but you know moving forward moving forward if he wants twenty million dollars it's be a little difficult to keep him I'm not sure what um what their cap situation is right now uh but it definitely gives them some time to plan in this next year to see how they might hold on to this guy because you know giving up two first rounders and a third rounder and another player. This is a guy that you want to keep because if you lose him next season, then you really fucked up the trade. Yeah, and that's my biggest concern with this trade is because he's already voiced. I mean, he, this is why he was traded because he wanted a huge deal coming up on his fifth year option, and you could end up trading away two first round picks, a third round pick, and a player for a one year rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could threaten to sit out next year on the option. You know, if he doesn't unless get unless they have success, unless they find success with him there. Then they have a little bit of leverage. In in the, with the Jets, he just didn't see any sort of future there, with the team that they have, and the team that they're building. Yeah, but uh, okay, I, I don't, <laughs> I can't argue with a lot of that. But just think, <laughs> think about Russell Wilson's perspective. Everything he's done for that team, he's voiced 
his concerns with their inability to draft top tier players on offense. Well, they have locked the it. offensive they have line DK is pretty Metcalf, bad, like you said. I mean, they could still pick up good um, offensive linemen in the second round or the third round. You can usually find the pretty good round. value in late round picks for offensive linemen. Offensive linemen, you know, it's it's great if you can get them in the first round, but you can find decent talent in second, third, fourth, and later rounds. Unless you're the Seahawks. Well, they just they, don't draft any time. They keep I mean, trying. <laughs> they keep trying. Uh, I mean, their, their drafts, I mean, admittedly, their drafts are like someone who's playing fantasy football for the first time. And they just, their drafts don't make a lot of sense. They're, at least their strategy of the draft don't seem to make a lot of sense. And, and that's my fear. My fear is, is, is maybe this is compensation for their weakness in, in terms of their talent evaluation. But if you're Russell Wilson, you gotta be sitting back wondering, when is it going to be time for the offense to be center stage in Seattle? Mm-hmm. But they weren't before, and they won a Super Bowl with a very strong defense. They went to their second Super Bowl with a very strong defense. If they had run the ball, they would have had two Super Bowls. That's true. But, but they I mean, had a decent offensive defense, line, too. With Fluke as great guys. as Russell Wilson is, their defense really carried them to those two Super Bowls, and their defense has been carrying them throughout except these last few seasons where their defense has struggled and they have struggled as well so I think they're trying to bolster their defense to recreate what they had before they're they want that legion of boom back because that's what took them to the Super Bowl and this is just one piece of the puzzle for the Seattle Seahawks yeah I mean and they lost Earl Thomas and you know in a, a contract dispute unfortunately Camp Chancellor they lost him uh to an injury but Bobby Wagner's still there, and they, I mean they should be able to piece something together. But I, I just that's a lot of compensation. It is. It is that's a lot. A lot it on is top a lot. of the compensation yeah, monetarily it, in the year next year when the the uh, the cap will be about one hundred. I think the cap next year can't fall below one hundred seventy five million. I think the players' association agreed with the league this week, mm-hmm. so there won't be much more than a twenty five million dollar hit on the cap next year. But even so, that's a twenty five million dollar reduction in cap space for next year when they'll be negotiating this contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see Jamal Adams playing for $10 million next year if he no. has a good season. No. I just no. don't see it happening. He's, he's not going to play for that. I mean, I put a, And you but, got $20 million, $20 million to Adams and $35 million for Wilson. I don't know what his cap it is you know, potentially year. $15 million. Maybe $15 million. If they have success, maybe they can sign him for a little bit less than what he's asking for right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough. It's just tough when you come pre-negotiation. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be surprised if, the, if, if John Schneider... And Jamal Adams' agent haven't had some conversations about what the contract's going to look like in advance of this trade. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there have been some negotiations, and and we might even see, you know, we might even see a trade announcement during the season because I, I'd be shocked if they didn't have some discussions about what what the contract is going to look like after this season. Mm-hmm. But wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Of compens- but I mean, it that's a lot it, of compensation. It, it definitely strengthens the defense. Oh, for, for the sure. Seattle Seahawks, but for the Jets now. They're just lost. They are on an <laughs> island. They are I out mean, there. The island is moving. It's like trash when, island when floating England, around the Pacific. You know, New England, they picked up, you know, Cam Newton, but it seemed like they were, you know, tumbling off the hilltop of the of the AFC East. And, uh, you know, it seemed like there was a team that was supposed to take over that next top spot. I mean, it was the Bills, the Jets, you know, the Dolphins. But now the Jets, they seem like they, they are also uh, a little bit lower on that totem pole of... Um, you know the the power of the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I mean, I love my Jets coming. At, you know, I'm from New York, working people's team. I, you know, I like my Jets, but I think it might be time for them to just admit they need to make significant changes the to only, the coaching I mean, staff and just start where they screwed up from scratch. Get a young 
coach in there, you know, out of college, someone that comes highly regarded, someone with a lot of really great references, someone with a lot of really great recommendations from, you know, people like Andy Reid and mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, people that know how to spot these coaches. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to waste- just start from scratch with a young young coach. And just build this team from the from yeah. the ground up because essentially they're at the ground now. Yeah, I mean you don't want to. <laughs> they are at the ground yeah. now, and you don't want to waste Sam Darnold's career. I mean Sam Darnold is a solid quarterback. And he, he's played very well with the talent that he has on that team. Um, so I mean you definitely don't want to waste the talent there. Um, that'd be unfortunate for them. But man, the NFC West though. Yeah, they can't go in there with get, yeah. The NFC West going to be gonna, really be a lot really of fun. fun. Yeah, I mean the, the NFC South is going to be a lot of fun to watch, but now with this move the NFC West I hope so. also. And I already picked the Seahawks and, and well, hey, I put a big bet down on the Seahawks to win that division. Uh-huh. So this helps me monetarily. Yeah. <laughs> uh in terms of the likelihood that they so why win are you that, complaining? that they win why that division. Why are you division. complaining, Ben? Uh because <laughs> I put that bet down way early when the, when the lines first came out when it was clear that San Francisco was the favorite. And this will help me in that regard. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But the Jets, I mean, I think it's going to be Patriots, Bills, and then it doesn't, and then, you know, Dolphins, I, Jets, I don't know. We'll in, see what in happens. some order. I, I still think the Bills right now have the best team in the division. New England has the best coach in the division. And Miami's sort of, you know, floundering there. Um, no pun in, intended. In the water. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> They're sort of floundering. You just never know. You don't know what to expect from yeah. them with uh, Tua Tagovailoa. But it could be exciting. I mean, Josh Allen, uh, you know, I just didn't like what I saw in the postseason, and that scares me. They might be able to win the division, but unless he can vastly improve yeah. his postseason play, the Bills aren't going anywhere. Yeah. So you're not a big fan of the Jamal Adams trade. I am not. It's, it's... I am not. Too much compensation. Too much compensation with a contract in the, with a contract on the horizon. It is. And he's already proven that when he doesn't get what he wants, you know, he it, it's no holds barred. But they've they've dealt when with that. He doesn't that. get what he wants. They, I mean, they, I mean, Earl Thomas was the same way. I mean, Earl and Thomas they sent him packing. They did, and they it was did. a bad deal for the for the Ravens because they didn't get their they didn't get their money's worth. Yeah, no. But Jamal Adams, hopefully a better. I mean, player he's a beast. I, I mean, Seahawks. he's an amazing player. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying he's not an amazing yeah, player. Yeah, no, I know. He's just that's a lot of compensation. It is a lot of money. All right, but I'm not a lot of money, but a lot of uh, uh, trade value that they let go there, but. You saw what happened with Mika Fitzpatrick, Ben. That's all I'm saying. And I just wish they had someone other than Bobby Wagner on that defense around him. They'll figure it out. All right. Well, Pete Carroll knows defense. I'll give him yeah, that. He, yeah. he clearly he's he's thrown in the towel on he, offense. He knows defense. He knows how to cheat in college. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's thrown in the towel on offense. Russell Wilson, do your best uh, with that offensive line. You know, I'm going to continue to hit the weights. Maybe, maybe I'll play. Uh, you know, maybe I'll play guard for the Seattle Seahawks this year at some point. The oldest guard ever to start in the NFL. All right, next up. Are you ready? Can I move on? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you forgot about that from last week. Ah, uh, no, I never this forget. Is not, this is gonna last. This is gonna be like a decades long thing now. It might. It might you. last yeah, a little yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is episode one eighty two <laughs> of Thursday. Can I move on? Can I move on? Yes, you can move on, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. Next up, Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm nonsense. Start, I'm gonna start pouring the shots. This is from Sports Illustrated. A bunch of gobbledygook nonsense coming out about Dak Prescott. Mark my words, former NFL executive and Sports Illustrated Monday morning quarterback columnist Andrew Brandt told Ross Tucker this week, Dak will get a much better contract than Patrick Mahomes. Tucker follows up this remark by stating on Twitter that such a thing would blow up the Internet. And he's right. And the prediction 
is as obvious as it is outrageous. First of all, nothing blew up the internet. Nothing's going to blow up the internet. That's such a the internet is perfectly fine. Uh, only China or Russia is going to blow up the internet. Mahomes' new mega extension with the Kansas City Chiefs is billed as a ten-year extension with up to five hundred and three million dollars in available salary. And yes, barring a catastrophe, Brandt says Dak Prescott is going to someday make at least forty million dollars a year. Will it be a 12-year deal? A 10-year deal? Will it take the patchwork quilting of tags? 31 million this year, 37 next year, and 54 in 2022. God, that would be amazing. That's $123 million right there. And yes, given that it's fully guaranteed season by season and get argued that it would be better than Mahomes. Or the Cowboys give in next spring and do a long-term deal. Inflation alone would figure to cause Dallas on cost Dallas on the table before the deadline. The proposal of thirty-five million APE, APY or more. The Cowboys will eventually let him hit the market. The smart money is on that. I say, uh, but another balloon could pop. Think of it this way: at the t- at this time next year, the Cowboys will be negotiating in an attempt to avoid two more tags with that aforementioned value of thirty-seven million and fifty-four million dollars, respectively. That's an uh, annual pay per year of forty-five point seven or point nine seven million dollars. Dak Prescott will play on the franchise tag in twenty twenty, which will pay him thirty-one point four million. And if the Cowboys don't win, It'll have been an overpay, but assuming Prescott, who turns 27 this month, continues to perform at a fairly high level, NF team, NFL teams will continue to overpay. Franny, <laughs> what say you about Monday morning quarterback podcast? Wait, this is why our podcast wait, is so much it? better, because we don't say a bunch of dumbass shit like that. Wait, who said he's going to make more than Patrick Mahomes, one of the best young Andrew quarterback? Andrew Brack, the world-famous Monday morning quarterback One of the best young quarterback from talents over the Sports last... Five years, I would say five, six years or so. That is fucking There's insane. no way that like, Dak Prescott you know is worth more than Patrick Mahomes. We see what Patrick Mahomes is worth in his abilities on the field and what he brings to the team. I mean, he really elevates that offense, whereas Dak Prescott can elevate a good team that he already has there. That makes absolutely no sense. And I mean, it's like he has no talent. Skip. He has a ton of talent. Skip. <laughs> I threw this my is, pen. I threw my pen. I'm so mad. This is what I mean. This to me is nothing more than Skip Bayless part two. <laughs> you know, you want to get you want to get in the paper. You want to get on the internet. You want to get eyeballs on your story. There's nobody that believes Brand here. There is literally no I, way on God's green earth, unless Dak Prescott wins the Super Bowl this year that's not and happen. beats you know they're not even the top it. team in the NFC. Yeah. The real top yeah. team makes it to the Super Bowl. There is no effing way that Dak Prescott's contract is even going to get anywhere near Mahomes' Half contract. A and billion it's certainly dollars. not going to have an escalator clause keeping him at a certain percentage every year. This is Dak fucking Prescott. Vacant behind the eyeballs. Not a particularly smart guy. Not a particularly well, I wouldn't great... say he's not a particularly smart guy. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's a smart guy, but his talent level is just not on Mahomes' Mahomes's level. His understanding of not the game nearly. is not at Mahomes'. Nothing is at Mahomes' level. We went through it again last week. Mm-hmm. One of the best offensive lines, top five. One of the best defenses in the league, top five. Receiving core, top five. Even better this season. They added running Lamb. game, top they five. Lamb. They have Amari Cooper. They have you know a top three running back in the league. And, and how do you end up at eight and eight? And then how top, do you end up at eight and eight with garbage 
in and garbage garbage eagle. I mean, the Eagles had nothing yeah, no, left I, I, at the end of the season. No, I'm not nothing, saying that they didn't. Nothing. They obviously outperformed the talent they had. Yeah, but their entire receiving core was out. Yeah, your entire secondary was out. Decimated. Your running game, other than Miles Sanders, you had. Uh, didn't you have oh, running Miles running Sanders. guys that were hurt though? Miles Sanders should have been. Did you have uh, running backs that were hurt? Oh yeah, yeah. You know they were at at full strength in Dallas. They got to the point where they're where the guy that they just paid a hundred million dollars to wasn't even on the field at the mm-hmm. end of the season. Mm-hmm. And he finishes at eight and eight with the Washington football team and the Giants <laughs> and the Eagles. I mean, that's pathetic. That's, I mean, it was is, there ever a better opportunity for Dallas yeah. than last year? I mean, ever since Mahomes took over for the Kansas City Chiefs, they've been the best team in that division. They've been the de- best team in football. Last, last season, they were the best team in football with Patrick Mahomes. And they don't even, they don't even have the strongest defense. I mean, they're, they're, you know, their offense is pretty fucking crazy, but I mean, their defense is not that great. Usually defenses win Super Bowls. Their defense did pick it up. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, they I'm played not gonna, pretty well. Yeah. yeah they they, they actually sure. played pretty well towards the end of the season. But I mean, Patrick Mahomes just takes that team to a whole different level. And and that's that's something that Dak Prescott just doesn't have in him is to just you know take that team to that you know put it in second third fourth fifth gear he just doesn't have it he just can't do it and yeah I, I, and, and I, that's I what a forty five you, you hate him more than I do it seems well because I mean these stories I mean is it because it's I mean I, I mean I'm, I, 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 I follow baseball I mean it's the because Yankees of the Cowboys get, the Yankees get this kind of shit too yeah. You know, for no reason, because they get a lot of eyeballs. There's a lot of people that pay attention to the Yankees. There's a lot of people that want to read about the Yankees. But they, you know, to say that Dak Prescott is going to get a a, a bigger deal than the best or second best quarterback in the NFL, I would put him ahead of, you know, if he can repeat what he did this year, next year, uh-huh. fine. He's ahead of Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Right now, Russell Wilson is my number one. Mm-hmm. But to think that this guy is going to get $45 million a year to go eight and eight with, the I mean, if you gave Russell Wilson that Cowboys team, I, I, I they might be they might be fifteen and one, they may be fourteen and two. I don't mm-hmm. even know, but they would definitely not be eight and eight. Yeah, and agree. that's why you pay. That's guys. that's just an asinine remark to say he's going to make more than Patrick Mahomes. And it's going to blow up the internet, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, yeah. I'm not sure what blowing up the internet looks like, but it's just so stupid. It's <laughs> it's something that gets a lot. Whoever watches Skip and Shannon <laughs> and listens to Colin Cowherd, all Bam. of all of all, <laughs> all, all of those people uh, will be paying attention. You know, no offense to any of you if you if you yeah, listen no, to those I mean, things. I don't, I don't think it's those guys, but it's just uh, fun talk. I mean, I actually I like I like I like Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. I don't mind yeah. Shannon, but I, I don't, unfortunately, I don't, I don't Skip like is Skip on the show only because Skip <laughs> is uh, an Eagles hater and a Dallas homer. That's why I hate the guy. Yeah, and, and he and makes he it just, so obvious. It's, it's just, like you know, and he's it's just so a, biased. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of trite saying. I mean, he has no facts. He has no statistics. It's just a bunch of trite, you know, you know, generalizations about something. Yeah, uh, that's why I always love that Mark Cuban. Uh, that Mark Cuban interchange with him when he said that LeBron James quit in the postseason and yeah. just Cuban just shredded him. <laughs> you want to take the shot? To uh, why yeah, are we I'm, taking a shot, Friday? Uh, what's Let's our drinking game, man? It's our drinking game. We've been doing this for the past uh, almost a year now, probably. I'm guessing. I mean, if if I say anything negative about. Uh, the NFC East or any players, but although you say more negative things about uh, Dak Prescott than I do, uh, I take a shot. If you say anything negative about any team in your division, and your division is bad, North AFC. 
Oh, okay. And if Sonia, who's not on the podcast tonight, eventually she'll join us probably when the season begins. Uh, if she says anything negative about the NFC West, then she takes a shot. So Ben, this is our punishment shot. This is the Evan Williams peach. Ugh. Evan Williams. We got to finish that. Uh, it's only, I know. I damn, I should have poured that in. That's, <laughs> that's our, that that's our next line. shot. We got to kill that bottle, make more room for, uh, for more punishment shots because there's plenty on the shelf. At total wine, but Ben. Yeah, and this turns into a game where we end up both do we both do a yeah, shot. Yeah, we just do it, but we. I mean, but you, which you, makes you it the, really, the end of I the mean, show look, entertaining. I have more respect for Dak Prescott than you do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, you can't you can't put someone in a, you know, in a in a car in a NASCAR race that's twenty miles an hour faster than every other car, and they finish in eighth place. <laughs> That's essentially who Dak Prescott is, that's, and then they want the biggest contract, and, uh, and then they want the biggest. They want to be on the biggest race team with the biggest payday. No. Pretty good, pretty good analogy right yeah. there, Ben. That was actually one of your better analogies. You have a faster shows. car than everybody else. Sometimes they don't else. make sense, but that one, <laughs> that one was pretty good. That's essentially Dak Prescott, and I don't mean to say that he's not a smart guy. No, no, no. I just he's, don't he's, see. He's the, a good. No, no. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But he's not worth. I mean, no quarterback is worth half a billion dollars. But Dak Prescott yeah, is definitely not worth. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is for the team and whatever, and the finest. But Dak Prescott is definitely not worth no. anywhere near that amount of money. I, I mean, like, like we like we've agreed, Ben. He's closer to what Tannehill was paid. He's that that is the type of quarterback he yes, is. Exactly. Bottoms up. Cheers. Oh, that's disgusting. Ooh, Ooh piece of candy. Oh. All right. Next up, uh, I will I've, sound a oh, little. Can less, I move on? I'll sound a little less coherent. <laughs> should, the next, should I? View. Should I move on? Yeah. yeah, yeah good, good. Okay. Good. good. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, uh, another uh, subject where Fran and I will disagree. Uh, the NFL Players Association on Tuesday told its players that there will be no preseason games in 2020. NFL Network's Mike Garofalo and Tim Pelissero and Network Insider Ian Rappaport reported via Nick Shook of NFL.com. Union leadership shared this information with its players during a conference call one day uh, after the league proposed a one-game preseason slate to the union, then followed up later Monday with an adjusted offer that included zero preseason games. The NFL and NFLPA previously have been split on a preseason slate with the league sticking to a desire to play half of the typical four-game preseason schedule before acquiescing this week. Frane, what say you about no, I know we don't watch the games, but yeah. what say you? I mean, I don't mind that. I mean, you know, there's there's been a lot of complaint about preseason games and cutting it shorter, you know, instead of playing the four preseason games, going down to three or two preseason games. I mean, the majority of folks out there don't really watch the preseason. Uh, there's no reason to play your best players in the preseason because of risk of injury and that sort of thing. Um, so I don't mind it. I mean, you know, I, I know you voiced your opinion over Viber, Ben, but uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't mind it, especially um, in the current situation with, you know, COVID-19 going around and the players sort of playing inside of a bubble. Um, you know, it, it's 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 just less contact with, you know, other outside sort of, you know, sources or people or whatever who's coming into the bubble. Um, so, you know, I, I don't I don't mind the fact that there is no preseason whatsoever. I mean, the majority of players that are on the team already, the ones that are talented enough to make the final roster most of the coaches already know who is going to be there there are those guys that are sort of on the cusp but you have a pretty good idea of who you want in that final 53 without playing for preseason games that mean absolutely nothing i i i agree about the preseason in general uh you, you know you might see a theme with me this week given some of the items that are on <laughs> the agenda 
uh, you know, the NFL Players Association proven proves again, once again, that the only players that they care about are Richard Sherman and guys in that tier of salary around the league. I certainly agree that the preseason bores me to tears, unless you're really like one of those podcasts that goes into every single player, you know, getting down to the to the cuts from ninety to eighty, mm-hmm. and you know, ever and you're really arguing about the eightieth player on your roster. Uh, before the 53 or fit this year, 56, uh, cutting down to 56 players. The preseason predominantly is for those undrafted free agents and those late, late round draft picks trying to get a spot on the roster. Taking away these preseason games is going to skew the league going forward, at least this year, towards the veteran players, towards the players that people know. So a lot of those younger guys are not going to get a shot. Although, if, if some of these you know, veteran players or the guys that are already on the roster do test positive possibly for COVID-19. Um, some of those guys may get chances to, you know, jump in and, and get some game action. I don't disagree. I mean, I don't disagree that that's definitely going to be the outcome. Uh, but I see I, I see this not as much of a move towards safety as a move to protect the veteran players and the players that the Players Association values, which is essentially anyone making 10 to 15 or 20 or plus million dollars a year. The Players Association has proven again and again and again that they just don't care about those guys in the lower tier, the guys making league minimum, Not a very the good guys e- making veteran minimum. <laughs> not a very good union, right? You know, they're, they're, they're worst union in, in sports by far. There's yeah. not even a union that's even close to being as terrible as they are. They'll throw you out on the streets, homeless with no health insurance, you know, and they just don't care. Uh, they don't negotiate good deals. They, they only value the top tier players. They're almost like an Instagram account as a union. You know, they, they care about likes and views and, and responses. Uh, this does hurt the undrafted free agents in those late round draft picks for sure. Um, you know, but it is what it is. I, I, I but I agree in principle with Frane that, uh, you know, Sonia and I argue about this every year. She'll like, I'll be wanting to watch something on television and she'll be watching a preseason, the first preseason game of the Seahawks. And I'm like, why? I want to see. Why are you watching this? I want to watch Say Yes to the Dress, Sonia. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I want to watch, I want to watch Bride and Prejudice, which is the new (laughs) show. I want to see National House Hunters. (laughs) But, you know, uh, you know, I I have a couple, you know, I have a Steelers podcast I listen to where they go through every player, you know, all the way from, you know, 90 plus down to 80, down to 53. Uh, So I know, you know, my own team, who these players are. Yeah. Uh, but it, it does hurt those those younger guys. They're going to be a lot more veteran players that that, you're, that are going to see the field this year, and I think that will lower the excitement level and maybe the, the, get their, the get level their of play. They'll get their chance, though. All right, Freddie. <laughs> Can I move on? Uh, yes. yes. All yes, right. Yes, you may. Next up, the NFL and the NFL Players Association are at odds over several key issues for the 2020 season, one of them being solved this week. Uh, ESPN, Trey, Trey, ESPN's Trey Wingo. I remember him last year about the Super, that Super Bowl rant that he went on that we played. Uh, Trey Wingo <laughs> said on Sunday that he received a text message from several prominent NFL players who believe there is only a 50 to 60% chance that the 2020 season will be played. As Wingo noted, there is likely or that it's likely that nothing more than posturing from the players. It's hardly a coincidence that text came in the same day the NFL stars made a coordinated effort to the stars to put pressure on the league by venting about negotiations on Twitter. Yeah, they were all over Twitter. Uh, training camp is set to begin on July 28th for most of the league. One of the biggest issues seems to be 
that health experts are recommending NFL teams not allow contract or contact at practices until the end of August, which would mean eliminating preseason games entirely, which they did this week, uh, if the season is going to start on time. But what say you about the players, um, the star players trying to posture? They think there's only a 50 to 60% chance they play at all. Do you think it was just trying to get leverage against so. the league? I, I think I think that's all it is. I mean, because you see these other leagues starting up. The MLB just started this week. Um, so I took a really good nap during the Yankees and yeah, blah blah blah. <laughs> the Yankees and Nationals game. Yeah, I mean, should, really, if, really if you say anything bad about baseball, you're really, taking a shot I, from I, now. Man, I'd be drunk within the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it's, no, it's I, I, I think it, all it is it's is, no, is, is, you know, is posturing. Eastern I mean, we'll European see. soccer league. I mean, I know. <laughs> I we know. see. We see all you know all these other leagues around the world that are playing. Obviously, they're playing in a bubble. They're trying yeah. to do it as safely as possible. So I do see the NFL doing the exact same thing. There's still plans to bring some um, some fans into the stadium with you know with, with a stadium that holds seventy to eighty thousand you know capacity. Uh, you could probably fit ten thousand folks safely into the stadium yep. and. Um, distance them safely. Uh, so I, I think there's going to be, you know, move to even do that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, 50 to 60% is really low. Uh, I, I would say it's closer to 80 to 90%, especially since so. we've seen these other leagues do it. I don't see why the NFL cannot do it. Yeah. I mean, the NBA has got an advantage because they're playing in, in one location. Yeah. They're very bubbled up. <clears throat> Excuse me, down there. Uh, even Mark Cuban, you know, consented or, uh, or, capitulated that the NBA does have an advantage in that regard. Baseball, they're going to be traveling. They're just starting to travel now, I think. Uh, but they won't have a lot of fans there, or no fans there. Uh, some leagues, some teams in the NFL are saying they're going to have a limited number of fans. Some teams are saying they won't have any fans. Uh, I think they probably have to come up league-wide with some type of rule that will apply to all of the teams. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's they're only going to generate minimal revenue regardless yeah. of how they do it. I, I think it's going to vary from state to state. Um, you know, in California, obviously, um, you know, we have the highest number of COVID cases, whereas in Arizona, I'm not sure what the numbers look like or, um, you know, Louisiana, what the numbers look like. Uh, Florida is also, also quite well. At least the Dolphins well. and the Jags never sell out a game. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, <laughs> so they don't have to worry about that in, uh, you know what other parts of the country? I'm not. I'm not sure how it's looking like in. Um, well, Seattle's pretty high too, in in, in Washington. Yeah, so it, like it really just depends. I mean, Nevada. I'm not. I don't think the numbers are very high. So I think it varies from state to state, and being able to allow a certain number of fans to actually watch the games to participate live in the game. Yeah, in Vegas, they'll just fly over with a jet with UV rays and just they'll just <laughs> they'll just drench the whole stadium with UV light. That works. They don't care with that like kills neon viruses. and UV that lights is... just flying over the stadium. Wait, is, is they have a dome, right? Do they have a dome? Uh, or no, do they I have like, is it like... I think it's retractable. Retract oh, okay. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I was really looking forward to seeing yeah. the Vegas stadium. Georgia, I'm not sure how it is. But... And the NFL stadium. They play inside uh, with old ventilation. And I guess ventilation is one of the larger... Issues with regard to, you know, the spread and in mm -hmm. most in stadiums, it probably won't spread outside in the elements with with great air circulation. It probably won't spread, you know, that quickly. Uh, but I think the NFL Players Association, again, is just posturing to see what they can get out of the league in the circumstance that they don't play a full slate of games. They just want to get as much as they can get for their star players. Mm -hmm. Can I move on? Oh, my God. <laughs> Anything else to add? Go ahead, Ben. <laughs> Next up, Dan Snyder, douchebag. Here we go. 
Report. Uh, you wrote it down. Yep. Dan, Dan Snyder douchebag. Dan Snyder's Native American Foundation donated zero dollars this fiscal year. In 2014, Reskins owner Daniel, or sorry, the Washington football team owner Daniel Snyder created a nonprofit uh, organization known as the Washington Redskins Original Americans Foundation as a way to provide Native American tribes with necessary resources. Recently, USA Today obtained audited financial statements of the organization's recent financial activities. The findings show that in the fiscal year that ended on February 28th, 2019, the organization had provided tribes with zero in donation and grants. Uh, the findings for, for that fiscal year uh, continued a downward trend in terms of what the nonprofit has donated in the year since its creation. USA Today stated that tax records show that almost 3.7 was given in 2014, then it dropped to 1.6 million to 650,000 to 303,000, and now zero <laughs> for the recent fiscal wow. year. Uh, the team spokesperson, Sean DeBarbery, if he still has a job, uh, told USA Today that the foundation has held football camps and donated food and supplies to Native Americans during the fiscal year that ended in February 2019. Lower Brule Sioux leader Boyd Gornow stated that the tribe did receive supplies, some supplies, uh, and partake in some activities. Uh, fr- I mean, that, I mean, is there... Anything more terrible that can happen to this football team? I mean, they're just a mess. I mean, they've been a mess. <laughs> I mean, for twenty years now. I mean, this team is is is. Oh Jesus Christ! I mean, I mean, Dan Snyder is one of the worst owners in the league. One of the worst I owners mean, in all even, of even Michael all Jordan gives more money than this away. You know, all, all the sports leagues in in North America. This guy is really the worst. Um, and, and, you know, you see the product on the field and what they put forward for their fans. I mean, it is very sad for any fan out there that is a, you know, that, that roots for the Washington football team. (laughs) It's sad. Yeah. I actually think they might want to just keep that name. Yeah. It's yeah. actually not a terrible name. The Washington I, I mean, football We team? talked about it. We talked about it last week with calling just like the Washington football club or something yeah. like that. You know, I it's mean, actually not a bad name. WFC. You know, you come up with like a, like a shield logo yeah. or something like that. You know, sort of like soccer. I mean, I'm not sure how many football fans, fans are huge fans of soccer. I don't think there's that many, but I mean, you, you could, you could, you could definitely, uh, you know, create something out of that. But God, you know? I mean, 3.7 down to 1.6 to yeah. 650 to 303 and to out of zero. zero. Yeah. Like that's purposeful. That's not like a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you're, someone has to walk in the office and say, how much you want to give this year? It's like 50% He's less like, what did we give year. last year? It's like, cut it by half. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't go down to 150 this year and then zero the following <laughs> year, but you know, whatever. But you know, sexual harassment allegations, oh. the, the team name, just abysmal play on the field, terrible draft picks. It's just nothing is going right for mm-hmm. this particular team. And, you know, if you can force, I mean, there's some, there's been some owners in sports that have been forced out. Mm-hmm. This, I can't even remember the name of the yeah, guy. Yeah, Dan Snyder should be one of those guys that is just forced out. Obviously, he's, he's a, he's a rich dude. Um, yeah, he doesn't really need the money. Force him out, get somebody in there that knows how to run a football team. Just put, you know, football minded people in the office. That's all you have to do. You know, yeah, just hire I mean, those guys. Just, when you look at that, it's like this guy is just—he's just not a good person. Oh. you know, Jerry Jones is just like you know. I, I'm not going to say shit. I'm just not going to say anything. Well, he says too much, actually. Uh, I mean, about what's going on mm-hmm. right now. But I—I—I I, I, hazard a guess that as, as much as Jerry Jones, a terrible a person as Jerry Jones is, I would go out on a limb and say he's probably donating more money to charities in the Texas, at least in the Texas area, than Dan Snyder is in the Washington area. Mm-hmm. 
It, it's just that's just pathetic. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Should we take a break real quick? Uh, yeah, we'll take a break and we'll be right back with the rest. Yeah, we're about forty six minutes in. of the quick NFL break. news. All right, and we are back with the remainder of the NFL news, Ben. Yes, from a somebody who wants a contract to a nobody that wants a contract, Raheem Mostert, the one-hit wonder from the 49ers, the 49ers running back, Raheem Mostert, met with team officials this week to smooth things over after nearly two weeks his agent requested a trade on it since his agent requested a trade on his behalf mostert's agent brett tesler told the nfl network on monday that he hopes mostert's meeting with a high-ranking member of the 49ers will help the two sides come to a positive agreement about his client's future with the team hopefully that'll be the case tesler said about working out a contract dispute mostert emerged last year as the 49ers top running back Last season, while outperforming the three-year $8.7 million contract he signed in the 2019 offseason, the 28-year-old mm-hmm. former and perennial backup mm-hmm. and special teams star, which is a little generous, led the team with 772 yards and eight rushing touchdowns and also topped all NFL backs by averaging 5.6 yards per carry. He then broke out in a big way in the postseason can't argue with that franchise record 220 yards rushing in the NFC championship victory over the Packers. Tesla approached the 49ers about a pay increase for Mostert, but the team balked at adjusting the non-guaranteed contract, which runs for two more seasons that prompted Tesla to include his frustrations in a Twitter post on July 8th. Part of Tesla's demand is that Mostert should be paid closer to what Coleman uh, yeah, was Coleman got a little bit bigger deal. Coleman's deal yields Coleman's, Base salary is four point five five million, almost two million more than Mostert's two point five seven million, according to OverTheCap.com. Mostert's current contract carries a maximum of two point eight five million in twenty twenty, while Coleman can earn as much as four point nine million. I can't remember Coleman's first name. Tevin? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what Good say, guess. What, ben. <laughs> what say you? Frane, about I, I mean, gladly pay you tomorrow for something you did yesterday. Yeah, I mean he's already twenty eight years old. Yeah. I mean, you know, for a running so back, that's a little shit. that's a little high for a running back. But I mean, for you know, every every good player in the NFL that has one good season, you can't just ask for some huge contract just because you believe you deserve. I mean, it's one good season. You, know, you had one good season. You had a good offensive line to run through. Good job. You played well. But come on, yeah, come on, come on, man. <laughs> You can't. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, all these guys. I mean, it's like I had one good season. Pay me. Yeah. You know, or I'm going to sit out. Okay, sit out. Yeah. Uh, what a trade. We, we okay, saw it well, yeah, We trade. saw it when Melvin Gordon is also a great running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. wanted to sit out. And what happened? But Melvin Gordon Mel- is a real running back. Melvin Gordon is a very good yeah. running back. But somebody of his talent level is sitting out and doesn't get paid. And you have Raheem Mostert, who has one good season, who played for like six different NFL teams as as mostly a special teams guy. All of a sudden, now he wants to get paid big? Come yeah. on. And if he gets $6 million, he better give $1 million to Mike Shanahan and $1 million to Kyle Shanahan, because yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason that he was able to yeah. perform the way he did last year. This is the Shanahan trademark. Take mm-hmm. scrub running backs from nowhere. Yeah. Olandis Gary, for crying out yeah, loud. Drop this guy, pick and, up somebody else. Yeah, and drop. But I'm so sick. I mean, I mean, if, if so, if he gets injured in the first game next year, is he going to give his money back? Yeah, no. I mean, these guys that, that want <laughs> these guys that want money based on past performance, especially at twenty eight years old, good performance, one year of good performance in six years in the league of yeah. being what I would describe 
as a, and it's not a pejorative. He's a scrub. Yeah, he's I mean, just if, an if everyday it, player. It feels like that you could pick up anywhere off the street. Twenty three or twenty four years old, maybe. And but it's three million bucks. It's not like he's making five dollars. Getting closer to 30, 30 years old. I mean, for a running back, that is up there. But I'm just, I mean, unfortunately, I'm just but, tired of it. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. you had one good season. Mm-hmm. Yes, you played well leading up to the to the playoffs. But these contracts are guaranteed, or most of these contracts, especially these short term contracts, are guaranteed. Devin Coleman's contract for next year, I believe, is guaranteed. You don't give money back when you get hurt. Why do you want guaranteed money just because you do well? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he's been getting paid the league minimum. He's getting three million dollars to play. He's a 28-year-old running back, but these guys that act like they they want to get paid for past performance when the team is when the, the players don't I mean unless you're Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger and a lot of other guys actually out there that agree to renegotiate their contracts downward so that the team can go out and spend more money. But I I just I'm I'm just tired of having to have these conversations over and over and over again where players perform well and they want money based on past really tired. performance. I really tired Ben. I am tired. I'm tired. I mean, you're Raheem Mostert. Should, you're should, we, should, should we have a shot on Sonya's behalf? Yeah, because maybe. Because we're, we're, we're talking yeah, negatively Let's do the line. Let's about do the line. a player. <laughs> yeah, let's finish this off. I'm just tired of it. I'm just uh, tired of these guys that, talking... that, that, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're a top tier player, you know, if you're Patrick Mahomes, if you're, you know, Marshawn Lynch, if you're, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, okay, if you make a million dollars and you want a contract for, for 10, 20 million dollars the following year because you're obviously going to be a stud for a long oh, time, geez, I can make some pretty big shots right I here. I can live with that. Get ready for But some. you're freaking, you're a 28 year old back. It's like, this is the same thing in baseball, right? Where, where, well, I hear somebody talking, well, I really have high hopes for this 28 year old coming out of the minors. I'm like, no, <laughs> there's no fucking hope for this. He's 28. Well, baseball's a little different. Right, but even calling Baseball's him up at 28, because Aaron Judge really, gets called up. These guys get called you know, up. It's not the same, you know, physical yeah. play that a running back takes. But you're 27 years old. You're done. Yeah, well, you know. If you didn't get called yes, up yes. from the minors before 27, Cheers. you're not going to tend to turn into Sandy Colfax Oof, once you get big, into the majors. That's a big Southern Comfort Lime shot right oh, there. Yeah, I'm going to have to do this in two. <sighs> I got to right. breathe in. All right, let's do it. This is actually a pretty big shot there, That's that's. Did you finish up the bottle? Is that the goal here? That's That was the goal of this one, just to kill off the bottle. Is it done? It's done. All right. The well, Southern Comfort Lime. We're going to be done. Is done. Just just letting you know ahead of time, the uh, the, the bourbon <laughs> tasting, the scotch tasting later will be interesting, Whew. to say the least. All right. All right let's do it. That's in a, it's, it's like uh, in, a, in an hour, yeah, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do it. This is our last shot before then. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's kind of, well, that's not bad. I actually don't mind that one. That one kind of grew on me. You know what? I kind of prefer that over the Evan Williams peach. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Raheem Mostert. Better balanced Yeah, the peach shot. is a little, especially when the peach is warm. Because Southern Comfort in general is just sweet. That adds to the sweetness. You get a little bit of sour. Not bad. Whereas Evan Williams is just bad all around. All right. You may move on. <laughs> yeah, just take your money. I mean, I, I just, I'm just tired of it. I am tired of it. You're not Jamal Adams. You're Raheem Mostert. Just... What's that? What are they? 
know your role and slow your what, oh, know are, your, are you giving, know you your role Jamal, and shut your hole. You're giving Jamal Adams props. No. Of course, I mean, he, but he, I mean, you had one good year. You had one good game in the playoffs. The only reason you were you were. You know, you just fit Shanahan. Yeah. Shanahan will find somebody else I mean, next you know, year. Breida had a good season. I mean, Breida, yeah. was, you know, it's like these guys have good seasons. I mean, you have, you find the right team, the right situation. You have a good season. You can't request, you know, a $10 million contract just because, you know, the coaching staff put you in a good situation. Whatever. This is what the Shanahans <laughs> do. All right. Mike Zimmer from the NFC North. Mike Zimmer won't enter a, enter a lame duck season in Minnesota. Kevin Patra of NFL.com reports. NFL Network's Tim Pelissero reported Wednesday that the Vikings are finalizing a multi-year contract extension with the 64-year-old coach, per sources, informed of the situation. Uh, Zimper was entering the final year of his contract uh, with a 59-41 and record. Not bad. Including the playoffs. Zimmer is the third winningest coach in Vikings history. Not saying much. Uh, Behind Dennis Green. I not mean, saying the, much. The and the legendary Bud Grant. Okay, That's, 161 and the 99. Vikings have been respectful through their, throughout their entire history. The they Vikings, de- well, they had a nice stretch when they had Fran Tarkenton. Yeah. The Vikings <laughs> defense has been among the best units in the NFL since Zimmer took over in 2014. That's true. Never ranking lower than 11th in points per game allowed and inside the top 10 each of the past five years. Franny, what say you about locking up a coach in the division with your beloved Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and your beloved Kirk Cousins uh, I, I think and your a, beloved yeah, Nick Foles. Look, I, I think he's a solid coach. I'm not sure what a lot of Vikings fans think about him. I, I think he's a very solid coach. I mean, it seems like they make the playoffs. I, he missed it. Not this year, but the season before. I yeah, they just, it. They've, they have run up against um, some pretty stiff competition. When yeah, get so there. I mean, you know, you know, you know what I think about Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he is great. Um, but he's definitely a decent quarterback. They have a good team there. Um, but I think I think he's doing a good job. I think he does deserve, you know, maybe another two, maybe three years. Um, you're not doing yourself any favors as any football team looking for the next best coach. I mean, we see what happened with, you know, Cleveland. It seems like every year it's a coaching carousel there. Um, you, you, you kind of want to find some consistency in this league because when you find some consistency, you also find success as well. Um, you know, you saw what happened with New England. You see what, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are doing, you know, well, uh, the the Steelers as well, Ben. Um, you know how how, how long has uh, Tomlin been there now for uh, 12, twelve years? Now? Years yeah, 20, I would say at least that that long, 12, 14 years. So I mean, you know, you find a good coach and you stick with that guy, and I think he's 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 good enough um, to at least maybe sign him to a new contract, give him a few more years, see what this guy can do with the team that he has. You know, he knows the players, he knows the talent that he has there. If you bring in a new guy. I you know I, I I just don't see any sort of benefit to that at all. Yeah, I agree. And coincidentally, that's on the agenda for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a recent study about consistency in the NFL in terms of coaching turnover and overall wins, losses, and success over the years, and it bears witness to what you just said, which is that consistency tends to pay off in the NFL. We forget that the Vikings are the Vikings. The Cincinnati Bengals weren't terrible under Marvin Lewis; they were terrible oh. at the end. Uh, but people forget how good that team was for a pretty big stretch of his career there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I like the Vikings. It's a hard team to root against. I, I don't like the fact that they play in a dome I w- or in a retractable roof stadium. I wish, oh, they, really I wish they played outside. Cold over there. Yeah, oh, I, I wish they played Bay outside. Also, but, um, and but Chicago. I, I agree with Ronnie. I, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, they, they, there's no reason to change. They've run up against some pretty 
stiff competition. They beat, you know, they, they beat the Saints last year. They beat the best team in yeah, the NFC, I, allegedly, yeah. second best team. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you can definitely find some success with Zimmer, and I would definitely give him, uh, you know, a few more years at least to see what he can do. That's not an easy division. I mean, when you have, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers in the same division. Uh, even Matt Stafford. I mean, as, as you know, the Lions are not the greatest, but I mean, he's, he's not he's, the greatest. That's generous. He's, he's a solid quarterback. Very um, good. Yeah. So I mean, it, 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 it's it's not the easiest division, especially with Green Bay and the history that they've had, and you know the team that they have. Um, you know, obviously they moved on after. Uh, what's his face that went to uh, the Cowboys now, but they had some success there too. Now they're sort of you know building a I want to say a legacy but you know they're 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 they have a new coach there he seems like he knows what he's doing I'm sure they're gonna stick with him for a longer time and with Zimmer he deserves the Matt same uh you know he, he he deserves the same sort of respect he's done some good things there uh for Minnesota I mean they were the NFC uh, championship game and against the Eagles I mean they were there um you know they, they were they got manhandled but you know yeah, they, you had to throw that in yeah I think that's what it was that but was I mean he's put game. them in some very good situations with the team that he has and I think he deserves you know a few more years at least yeah and the ball hasn't always bounced their way and he, mm-hmm. you know he hasn't been lucky enough to have an Aaron Rodgers or a you know, a, a Drew Brees or yeah, a, good. he has a solid defense. He's, he's he has good. He's had some good receivers, and in, you know the quarterback position. They at least know who they have. You know, they, they they've they've laid sort of a foundation, and so you know you can sort of build off. Of it. Give, give them two to three more years, I would say. Yeah, and they have some nice wins. I mean, they do have some nice wins in their in their repertoire mm-hmm. uh, over the past year. But I, I agree. I mean, I don't think I don't think changing Dunzimmer out. Don Zimmer, it's, it's, Yankees it's, it's, it's bench not, coach, <laughs> Mike Zimmer. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see it benefiting them at all by you know finding you know a new coach. It, it really doesn't do anything for them. I agree. I couldn't have said it better. Do you have anything <laughs> else to add? No. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, over the past few weeks, we have done a lot of rankings: running back core rankings, wide receiver rankings, offensive line rankings. Uh, this week, we are going to do. The defensive line rankings. Everybody's favorite. We save the best for last. Defense wins championships unless you have Nick Foles. (laughs) Uh, So starting at number 32, the defense, the line. Who do you think's at number 32, Franny? I'm looking at it right there, Ben. Uh, It's the Seattle Seahawks with the worst defensive line in the NFL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's pretty sad. That's pretty low. Yeah. With Clowney off to the races somewhere else. Can they sign Cl- would, would Clowney want to come back to the Seahawks now after signing Jamal Adams? Would I he, sure as hell would. Would, would. would he want to come back for, you know, $9 million if, if they're willing to sign him for maybe that sort of a contract? If I'm Clowney, I go back. Yeah. I mean, you're going to look like a star. I mean, Puna Ford has been a, not great. Jerron Reed's been okay. LJ Collier was a bust last year. We'll see how he does this year. But that line, not very good, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is another reason why I think it's a weird trade, given the glaring holes they have in the remainder of the defense. Well, uh, I mean, it, you know, when you have a, a a safety of Jamal Adams caliber, it makes go. it easier for the defensive line. It really does. It makes the quarterback hold the ball a little bit longer because now you're guessing, should I throw this guy? I, I mean, it, it really does make it easier on the defensive line. Gonna, what are you going to play now? I was gonna, I was going to look for my my soap opera. Yeah, go ahead. Go next. Next. Who's 31, Ben? <laughs> that's okay. Here it goes. That's that's that. Is that the one? Is that that's kind of loud? Yeah, Ooh, that's, that's too loud. loud. Yeah, it's too loud. That's too loud. Next. All right. Number 31. The New 
York Jets. They'll be even and they're worse. even worse. They'll be thirty two this year. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not a line position, uh, Adams, but but it's going to make the team a lot worse because they don't have him out there in the safety position. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I'm not even going to say anything about the Jets. Uh, number thirty, the Dolphins coming in at number thirty. Yep, not particularly great. Uh, coming in at 29, Carolina Panthers. They were just bad all around. Yeah, their defense. You know, thank you, thank you, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, exactly. That's all I have to say. <laughs> carried the team and carried the ball. 28, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's mm. actually lower than I would have expected. I think they have some chances to improve this year. Well, they, they, they had Khalil Mack. They did. I mean, they, they, did. they had him on the team. They he was signed a player him on they, that team. And they got a shit ton of draft picks, picks back. So they still need a little bit more time to mature. Yeah. But So we'll see how, how that goes. Uh, 27, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I feel bad. Yeah. But I mean, look, I mean, just look at the players. And you ended up I with, mean, look with, at their, the with their only decent player on defense. Look, look at the teams, though, at the lower end of this ranking and the Seahawks who were in the playoffs, they're number 32. That's pretty sad. I mean, that is really sad, but next. Yeah. Detroit. I mean, Trey flowers, you know, coming from new England was the only decent player they had on that line. You guys took Darius slay there. Really good cornerback away from them. He's 30. Number two plays out. That's true. Uh, number 26, the giants. What do you say about it? They were also pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams and company. Uh, number 25. That's, that's the New England Patriots. Pretty yeah. low for a Patriots defense coming mm-hmm. in. No wonder they went mm-hmm. out and got Cam Newton. Uh, this is, this is, I think, probably lower than they should be given what Bill Belichick is capable of doing on, on the defensive line. I think this should probably be a little higher. 24, Minnesota. <laughs> what do you think about the Vikings coming in at 24? After uh, after all that talk about Mike Zimmer's defenses, yeah, I mean, I mean their defense seemed like they did pretty well last last season. Uh, it's, it's pretty surprising to see them this low. Ugh, yeah, I think I think that should be higher too. Number twenty three, Jacksonville uh, yeah, well, at the bottom of the O line rankings, but here they are mm-hmm. near the bottom of the D line rankings. Long ago was Saxonville, the team that <laughs> the team that beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Number twenty two, your. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, Atlanta has has struggled a little bit on 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 defense lately. So yeah, they should really bolster their their line. Yeah, I mean, and they traded away some good players too. Uh, twenty one Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting to see them this low yeah. for a team in the AFC Championship game. Interesting. But Mike Vrabel will coach him up. I think this is. <laughs> I think this is also a little bit too low. Got to coach him up. Got to coach him up. Don't coach me up. <laughs> Number twenty to Buffalo Bills. Also, I think too low. That is that seems kind of low for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they, their, they their improved, defense has been yeah. really solid the last few years. So that's that's interesting to see them this low in these rankings. Yeah, I mean, I think Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, they they got some players on that defense. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Indianapolis Colts coming in at nineteen, higher than I would have expected. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, long gone are the days with that awesome defense when Peyton Manning was essentially in Russell Wilson's shoes when they couldn't buy a running back or an offensive line or uh, well he had decent receivers but he, he could they could never get a really good offensive line around him because they spent so much money on defense number 18 Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. I see they're, they're improving number 17 the Ravens I like this this mm-hmm. is lower than I would have <laughs> expected and I like it this I like I wish it was a little bit lower coming into the the season with Ben Roethlisberger, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. 
The Houston Texans coming in at 16. Mm-hmm. And when J.J. Watt gets hurt in the first three games, this will drop <laughs> to 25. Anything to add about Houston? Nope. Next up. Oh, number 15, the yeah, Kansas I'll, I'll City Chiefs with Chris Jones. That. Frank Clark. That's a nice defense I got. I yeah, think 15 I mean, might be a little, might might actually be a little low for what, they, I, I, what they're coming into. I, I, I think, uh, you know, they started out slow at the beginning of the season and picked it up towards uh, the end. Um, but I, I think that's a fair ranking for the Chiefs, you know, middle of the pack. 15 with Patrick Mahomes. Good mm-hmm. luck, AFC. Number 14, the Dallas Cowboys. I thought uh, it was going to be higher than this. I would actually put them a little bit lower than that. Well, I think you'd, I mean, the way you'd they, always they, put them lower. They, they performed this year. You got Demarcus Lawrence, big contract. You got Gerald McCoy, Dante Poe, or Dante Poe. Eh, go on. Move on. Move on. Uh, nothing yeah, to say about next. that. You don't want to do a shot? Next. Say something next. about the I didn't Cowboys? say anything. I didn't say anything. I just, I just said, eh, what if that's uh, here you go. Your New Orleans Saints. I don't deserve a shot, do I? No. Oh, okay. But you, you got close, though. I mean, yeah, go ahead. I don't want to take Hey, you want to, let's go back. Cowboys are 14. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> what do you think about Alden Smith? Uh, been out of the league, but he's back. Yeah, yeah and no. this could bolster that's, their chances. Let's move on. Maybe they should be in the top ten. Let's move on. You think they should be in the top ten? You know what? Fuck it. You know, let's let's take a shot. You know, the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys, all the small, big names, small one. Small uh, all, one. <laughs> you want one too? Uh, no, no, actually, yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> or tiny, tiny, all like right, a literally a quarter of a right, shot. All right, all right, all right. Just a little bit. Just uh, a little bit. All right. All right. Coming in at thirteen, the Saints. Cameron Jordan. I actually would Bad expect the Saints. Ben Roethlisberger. They're a little shot. Little as shot, they get beat up. For that mouthing. Well, where's mine? Look, where, where's your shot glass? Oh, you're still, you didn't even finish off the last one. Well, it was filled to the rim, man. <laughs> but, yeah, Cameron Jordan, bad mouthing Ben Roethlisberger. Remember that? Nope. And then you got your nope. asses beat by the Minnesota there, Vikings. Little, little, little baby shots for my semi-negative comments about the Cowboys. Oh, number 12, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Well, I mean, Miles Garrett, he's going to get a contract. Cheers. cheers Oliver Verdon, Sheldon Richardson. This is why I like this podcast. Oh, it's disgusting. And here I thought it was my company. Apparently not. <laughs> Larry Ojanobi. Ojahobi. I can never pronounce that correctly. Coming up on number 11, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That should scare the shit out of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Great offensive line. Tom Brady, amazing wide receivers. Oh, man. And almost a top 10 D-line. That will be an exciting division to yeah, watch. that's going to be fun. Sorry, Drew. But I think you should retire. Number 10, the Cincinnati Bengals. See, that's interesting. As terribly as they performed yeah. this season, to see them this high in the top 10, that is fairly interesting. But... They're going to be a pretty sorry team this upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to make of this ranking. I mean, I think it's based on stats alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope it, I hope they don't perform this well. God knows. They got enough. got our hands full with Baltimore, folks. Number nine, the Chargers. Yeah. Also Justin Herbert's going to need this to keep him in the games. Yeah. I mean, also a team that didn't perform well. When we look at their, uh, you know, their, well, how many games did they win last season? Uh, they, I think it was five, six. It was, they it was, it was definitely really they were many. way short of the playoffs. Last yeah, year. I, and and you know, I you know their defense. They have some really good players on that team, but yeah, they got Joey Bosa, they got Melvin Ingram, mm-hmm. and Linval Joseph. Well, yeah, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Bosa, you know, obviously is he was hurt for almost an entire season, mm-hmm. wasn't he? 
at some point. I thought he was hurt. Don't remember now. Yeah, but him and his brother. Too many shots. He's got a brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> he does have a brother, right? They just came in the league. There's two Boses in the league now. There's two Boy, Watts Boy, and two Boses. The, the Niners, and I'm sure the Niners will be upcoming on this list. Yeah. Number eight, the LA Rams. At least they have one good thing going for them. Mm-hmm. They jettisoned their star running back. They have an overpaid quarterback. They have only one decent receiver, but at least they have a defensive line. Next up. Next up, number seven, the Denver Broncos. Drew Locke's going to need all the help he can get to keep him in games. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, their defense actually looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be playing at elevation. Number six, the Chicago Bears. I mean, come on. You got Khalil Mack that's going to get you in the top 15 right there. Yeah, I mean... all right. That's fine. Still have no quarterback. <laughs> Number five, the Nick, Packers. You got Nick Foles. What are you talking about? They got no Nick quarterback. Foles, he's not going to start. It's Super Bowl. Sexy Rexy part two. MVP. Sexy Rexy part two. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers coming in at number five. Taking away one more excuse <laughs> from Mr. Rogers <laughs> right here. Next. Uh-huh, you don't want to say anything bad. All, yeah. right, all, right, all right. Number four, the Niners. There they are right there. Nick Bosa, that's who it is. That's Nick Bosa. Bosa. I was like, Joey Bosa, Joe Bosa, does he play for uh, the Niners? But no, Nick Bosa. Yeah, coming in his Nick, second year, Joe, they got whatever. DeForest Buckner. I mean, they got Javon Kinlaw. No, they, I mean, they, they, they have, uh, no, well, they Javon, traded away. They, they traded away uh, DeForest Buckner. Uh, oh, that's so right. That, they traded yeah, him. Yeah, they, they traded away. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's uh, that would cause some issues. But I, I still think their um, their defense will be pretty solid yeah. this upcoming and they season. Still have but Armstead, I do agree with that. And they still uh, have Ford. Yeah, I, I agree with that that ranking, definitely. I mean, the, the, the Niners are going to have a pretty scary yeah. defense with uh, Hala Sala, like you say, Ben. Hala Sala and <laughs> keep your keep your running shoes tied tight, Russell Wilson, for those two games because you're going to be running for your life. Number three, the Washington football team. You know, I, you know. That, that's way too high. No, I don't think so. I mean, they had a very good defense this year. And their receivers actually played their, well, too, their, on offense. Their defense was very good, uh, very underrated this past season. I was very impressed by the Washington defense the entire year. Um, so I don't disagree with that rating. Washington, actually, if they could put an, a solid offense together, they could definitely find some success. Yeah, I mean, but if they can get some good players. Get the quarterback rid of position. Dan Snyder. Yeah, the Dan Snyder's got to go. And their beloved quarterback out of Oklahoma's yeah. got to play a little bit better this year. Yeah, I know the Eagles are always struggling, but but that uh, is because they're... number two, nah, come on. your yeah, okay. Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. Take number, it away, yeah. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. <laughs> very good defensive line. It's it's it's, it's a very yeah. solid yeah. defensive yeah. line. You Can't think? really argue about that. I mean, their run defense, it's like running into a wall basically with this defense. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles have a very good. Run, yeah. I mean, as far I, as I love their secondary, I absolutely love their Fletcher secondary. Cox. Was probably rated thirty-two, but their defensive line is rock solid. But I absolutely love Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Love those guys. Uh, you like Cox? And you think who do you think is number one? The uh, this is this is why this is why we have this ranking because you knew they were going to be number one. I still think the Eagles are better. No defensive. Way. I think I think the Eagles are no still way. better. T.J. Watt, Cameron uh, Hayward, uh, Javon Haygrave that you took. Yeah, exactly. Over exactly. The, so that will make signed. the Eagles number. But Stephon Tuitt is back. Bud Dupree is back with a contract. Chris Wormley and Alex Highsmith. This is a great, great defensive line. Right. You know who's better? Not the Eagles. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Not the Dallas Cowboys, but the Eagles are better. 
this season. I don't. Uh, Fletcher Cox a year older. Doesn't matter. Brandon Graham a year older. All these guys older. are year older. TJ Watson, you're, all these guys are older. TJ Watson's young. He's like 27. Yeah, he's going to get injured. Yeah, but you got <laughs> Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt and Bud Dupree. Just the names alone remind me of the 70s. All right, Next. that's that's it. Anything else to add about the defensive line rankings? Nah, no, no, I, I, I definitely do agree with the top two right there. I mean, they could be interchangeable almost. I mean, seriously, that Eagles um, line against the run was amazing this season. Oh, absolutely. Um, whereas you know the the Steelers are probably better against the pass, but you know, I, I would I would rate the Eagles above uh, no bias. Well, we got uh, Minka but, in the secondary. Yeah, Joe whatever. Hayden in yeah, the no, secondary. The secondary, the secondary definitely for the Steelers is much better. I mean, the Steelers have definitely picked up on their defense. Um, you know, last, wasted. not last season, but the couple of seasons before that, they were v- struggling on defense. It, did, it did not look like the steel curtain. That's what Steelers fans are used to. That's what football fans are used to seeing that. Um, but I would still rate the Eagles above. That I bet. Year. All right, funny. That's it for the NFL news this week. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben is a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. All right. Thank you all so much to our new listeners that are coming to us for the first or second or third time. And thank you to the listeners that have been with us since the very beginning, or at least for a lengthy period of time. We have listeners from all over the globe, from Australia, from every continent and island on the globe. So thank you all so, so much. Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening to this show, please, please, please consider heading to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web. And from there, get a link to our show. Please subscribe, please rate, and please review our show. Just go to Apple Podcasts, rate the show, and leave us a nice little note telling us, how awesome we are. And we're going to give you a homework assignment this week. Franny, do you like homework? I do not like weekend homework. Ben. That is true. So hopefully our fans will like this homework I assignment. I hated those teachers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they will give you homework over the weekend. Please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, someone you're six feet away from that yells at you on the street because you're walking too close to them. Tell them about our podcast. Get on their phone. Put our podcast in their podcatcher. Just tell them about our show. Just one person. We would truly, truly appreciate it. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have a promo for one of our fellow football podcasters out there. All right, folks. Hold tight. We'll be right back with a promo for one of our fellow independent podcasters. The Steel Curtain. Big Ben. Yinsberg. Antonio Le'Veon... Mean Joe Green. Yeah, Mean Joe, the Immaculate Reception. Monongahela. The Steelers Outpost Podcast. I'm Tom Serena. I'm Nick Serena, and we may be homers, but we're honest homers. Join us for our weekly podcast where we separate facts from fiction on all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Subscribe and listen to the Steelers Outpost Podcast anywhere podcasts are heard. Follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Bye-bye. All right, folks. That is the Steelers Outpost Podcast. They give you updates, background, opinions, and lively conversation about the black and gold. Lifelong fans living outside of Pittsburgh like myself and Frane, a closet Steeler fan, building a community. for them when they're not playing against the Eagles, Ben. I root for the Steelers for sure. That is true. They are building a community of Steeler fans outside of the Pittsburgh area. You can find them at 
Steelers Outpost on Twitter and at SteelersOutpost.com on the web. This is a great, great Steelers podcast. Please, please, please give this show a listen. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news. Your Steelers, like you just mentioned, my Eagles. Not always a Steelers closet fan, Ben. I'm an Eagles fan. And uh, Sonya's. Well, I said, you know, you're hiding from it. Sonya's Seahawks. All right. Where do you want to start? Steelers, Eagles, or Seahawks? What's first up on your agenda, Ben? Looks like you got the Eagles first to go. All right. The Eagles locked up first round pick Jalen Rieger ahead of training camp. Kevin Patra of NFL.com reported this week. The team announced it agreed to terms with the number 21 overall pick on Monday. NFL Network supposed insider Ian Rappaport reported that the four-year deal is worth 13. Yeah, you just get post pictures of his family on of course Instagram he does. and everything. Yeah, was, if I had NFL teams calling me with news nice, that I... He's it, got a cush little job It's a there, really cush you know? news. I mean, well, whatever. I mean, he's lucky he got it. Good yeah, for, he is lucky he got it. He's good like, for Ian. He's like, uh, I can't remember that guy that does the baseball. Yeah, we can. Rosen, Rosenthal, or essentially just teams call you. I got some news. Will you post it? That's okay. great. Hey, Ian, give him some news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As with all first-round rookie deals, the pack comes with a fifth-year team option because... Of the first round pick, the TCU product adds speed and explosion to an Eagles receiving core that lacked in both areas with Deshaun they Jackson. Players. <laughs> they lacked they had no players. <laughs> injured most of last season. Friday, what say you about locking up your first uh, round I mean, pick and your last best hope at wide receiver yeah, this I, year? I still don't know, and I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans don't know what to expect from him as our first round pick. I mean, it was a little disappointing for a lot of Eagles fans out there, and they voiced their opinions on Instagram and on Twitter as well. But, you know, I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt see what he can do on the field. He's definitely a speedster. I'm not sure if he has good hands. It doesn't seem like he can catch the ball as well as we'd like to, especially with all the Nelson Aguilar BS that was going on last season. <laughs> um, and the season but before. I, I wish him all the best as our first round pick, and I hope he can become the next Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I mean, this is a nice, nice little pickup for them. I've always, I liked him coming out of, of college. Mm-hmm. And 14, you know, a little short of $14 million for four years plus a fifth year option. I like it. I think this kid's going to be good. I hope so. You know, played for a good program, solid program. Looks like he's got his head on straight, and God knows what the... What the I would for $13.3 million. Yeah. My head would be straight. Well, not if you're Raheem Mostert, then you just, you want, then you want $26 million for what you did in college. So I did, I think this is a good, you know, just finally locked up, you know, I think the last of your higher round draft picks, I think it's a good sign for the Eagles comes pretty cheap and God knows you need some help in the receiving core given the injuries you had last season. Definitely. But Sonia is out here now. I'm not sure what she's doing. I think she just wants to tell us that she is leaving us for the evening and she will be on the show come September when the season rolls around. Uh, those of you that have been with us for a long time know that Sonia was our third co-host for much She's of the, the first. The female voice yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, she sets us both straight. And any time that this show has gone off the rails in the last six to eight months, it has been a result of Sonia not being on the podcast to either shut us up or set us straight. So we apologize uh, for not having that woman's perspective on the show. But come week one, she will be back. Week one, well, uh, the players, early September. Yeah, the players don't exactly know when week one will be. There's a there's supposedly a 50 to 60% chance, Sonia. 
yeah, yeah. If 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 there is a season, if there is yeah. a season, Sonia. If the season starts, it'll be early September. I'm sure the Players Association is hoping to play four games with full salary. That's my guess. Uh, unless you're uh, an undrafted free agent or someone on a rookie contract or someone making league minimum, then screw you just so long as Richard Sherman and Brett Favre and Brett Favre, uh, Aaron Rodgers get their contract money. Uh, but Sonia, thank you for... This is Thurston Gold from 1995-96 season where Brett Favre is still balling in the league. <laughs> Okay, next up. Sonia, elbow to you. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. From the Bleacher Report, the Steelers are banking on Ben Roethlisberger to accomplish something this year that no other quarterback has ever done before. The 38-year-old suffered an elbow injury in week two of last season after attempting just 62 passes, which is essentially one game for him. According to various dispatches out of Western Pennsylvania, he is now healthy, clean-shaven, eager to return to work, and in the Big Ben version of football shape, somewhere between dad bod and after a 30-day cleanse, and what the TB12 method would look like if it stood for 12 beers. (laughs) But for him to become a franchise-caliber quarterback again, he will have to swim against the tide of history. Per River McCown's research, in the 2020 Football Outsiders Almanac, only eight quarterbacks over the age of 36 have ever thrown 100 or fewer passes in a season since 2000. Randall Cunningham, Vinny Testaverde, Steve Berline, Chris Chandler, Rich Gannon, Brad Johnson, Charlie Batch, Kerry Collins. Ugh, that's not a good batch of people. <laughs> Most quarterbacks are either long-established starters or retired by that age, so throwing fewer than 100 passes is generally a sign of a serious injury, a benching, or some other significant late career pitfall. None of the quarterbacks above were quite in Roethlisberger's class. Yeah, I'd say that. But there are league MVPs and Super Bowl performers on that list, and most of them were quality starters for many years. Yet the only quarterback to become a full-time starter again after a late career interruption was Vinny Testaverde, who started 15 games for a miserable 6-10 and Cowboys team back in 2004. The evidence is clear. Quarterbacks can truck along for years and years, but once they roll to a stop after a certain age, it's nearly impossible for them to get back up to speed, which is bad news for Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I wanted to keep this on the agenda because I say, fuck you to Bleacher Report. So do I. This is a ridiculous statistic. I know that it's true, uh, but there's no reason to believe that Ben Roethlisberger, after throwing for 5,000 yards multiple times, even leading up to last season when he suffered an injury that he had never suffered before is the reason to believe that he is not going to be successful this year. Friday. What say you? No, I, I completely agree with you, Ben. I mean, those, I mean, you look at the names on that list there. I mean, with Testaverde and I mean, Charlie batch, uh, he was a stealer for crying out loud or a, a, a lion, you know, Kerry Collins. I mean, those guys are definitely on the same level as Ben Roethlisberger. And I find it funny, Ben, as Ben Roethlisberger, Gets back in shape. You are also getting back. I you, have to. You, you've shaved your beard. Oh yeah. Well, partially. Your 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 your, <laughs> your biceps. They're getting quite. Plump. I think it might be as they're big as Roethlisberger's. Quite, quite plump right now. I mean, you've been working out. Your triceps. I I, I can see the definition there. And uh, your belly is turning into. A six pack. <laughs> I, wouldn't, so, I wouldn't go that far. It's, it's a two pack. It's, 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 it's getting pretty close, Ben. So, you know, I could see you and Ben Roethlisberger on the same page as far as working out and getting in shape, but I definitely don't see. I mean, all of that news right there, that's complete BS. I see Ben Roethlisberger this year coming out. If he's healthy, he's going to be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Thank you. 
I agree. I mean, 38 is not the same in 2020 as it was in 2004. Uh, There's been a lot more advancements in terms of physical therapy, uh, what we know about the body, what we know about nutrition, a lot of those things. I know it's fun to poke fun at Ben Roethlisberger for, you know, his lack of or alleged lack Mm -hmm. of conditioning. Although I highly doubt that he just takes his body for granted. These guys at an at an older age yeah I mean, look at aaron Rodgers is what 37 38 aaron Rodgers. i mean philip Rivers still playing at a fairly high level yeah uh you know tom brady um you know drew Brees. i mean they're 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 all close to 40 or over 40 and they're still playing at a high level like you said 2004 comp- compared to 2020 is not the same i mean yeah ben roethlisberger he hasn't taken care of himself as well as some of those other guys allegedly but he ha- still has a strong arm i'm sure and uh, he he's just He's he's a smart quarterback. He knows how to maneuver the pocket compared to some of these younger guys out there. Even though he doesn't have the same legs, he still knows with his brain. What he's I doing. agree. And just one more reason to listen to Thirst and Goal podcast <laughs> and get back to work. This is clickbait. This is stuff that you look at during your workday because you're bored or because you have nothing else to look at. This is just tearing down Ben Roethlisberger for no good reason other than to put him in the same class as Steve Berline, Chris Chandler, and Kerry Collins. No, thank you. Next no. up. Oh, can we move on? Uh, let me think about it, Ben. Okay. Yes, you I'll may. Just give me a minute. All right. All right. The <laughs> Seattle Seahawks linebacker. Bobby Wagner joined Russell Wilson in ESPN series in the top 10 NFL players at each of their positions, landing squarely at the number one spot on the top 10 linebackers list. The voting consists of more than 50 players, coaches, executives, and scouts across the league. He's a good damn player, said a scout of Wagner. That's all there is to say. Wagner led the league in tackles last season with 159. Franny's laughing at me for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> He's a damn good player. Marketing, marking his fourth consecutive season of 130 tackles or more. Very accurate in the description of his, of his style of play. Damn good. Damn good. He's and damn was good player. to his fifth career pro, all-pro team, which is meaningless. What do you think, Bubba? And his, damn good. <laughs> damn good. That sounds like every scout in the league. What do you think of him? He's fast. Damn good. He's fast. Yeah, uh, Pro Football Focus ranked him number seventeen on this you year's PFF a lot fifty of money list. Just for that evaluation, <laughs> what do you think? Damn good, damn good. Should we draft him? Damn good, yes, yes. I say yes. Uh, which ranks strong NFL's best fifty players? Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. As a stand, the outlook for the Seahawks defense poses more questions than uh, answers. Damn good with Jamal Adams. Damn good. <laughs> what do you think of Jamal Adams? Damn good. <laughs> damn good. That's all there is to say, really. Uh, give him, you know, trade away five first-round picks. Uh, <laughs> along with fellow linebackers K.J. Wright, Pro Bowl cornerback Shaquille Griffin. I don't know why they're not better. The Seattle Seahawks drafted linebacker Jordan Brooks and defensive end Darrell Taylor in the 2020 draft. I guess that's all, they're, all, they're, all they needed to do. While adding edge rushers Bruce Irvin, who's back for a second run in Seattle, and Benson Mayoa, and free agency to address their coverage and pass rush issues. I just want to talk about this because Bobby Wagner, I love the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you think that he uh, touched off when he blocked that field goal when he jumped over the line there. The little leverage, I, I disagree. There's an argument to be made about that. Yeah, for There's sure. Definitely an argument to be made about that. <laughs> Uh, but, but Bob, I mean, if he's one of my favorite it, players in the league. I then, love Bobby Wagner, class yeah. act all the way. Yeah, he's damn the, good. The anti Richard Sherman uh, just does his job. I think you should take a the shot. Money. Every time, every time you say like, if you say anything negative about Antonio Brown, 
you take a shot, or <laughs> Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, then you take a shot. Yeah, because Richard Sherman whined like a little baby man. Oh, yeah, 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 there it is. And you, want, you want it? You want it? Yeah, I'll you take it. it. Okay. You do one. You do a half oh, a shot with me, though. Son of yeah, but I mean, think about it. Bobby Wagner didn't complain. I mean, yeah, there was a little consternation in a contract dispute, but because he's such a great player, uh-huh. what happened? He got his money anyway. He didn't need to, you know, call the owner a racist. He didn't need to, you know, throw dog shit uh, flaming in a bag up to the general manager's house. He didn't need to scream on ESPN radio and Fox FS1. Cheers. You know, he just played his ass off, got his agent to negotiate the contract, and he got the contract. That he didn't need to, to, to litigate it in the media. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You'll take Sonya's place since she's on the podcast right now. You'll take her place. Oh, I guess that's if a, you say anything negative about any this team is, this is what happens when or you get married, any player right? in the NFC West, then you take a shot in. All and right. we just took one. And another little bit of interesting or an interesting tidbit we mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. I have now cracked open the red stripe before we move on to the next portion of the show. Uh, red stripe, I believe, is a product of Jamaica. Jamaica. It is a quality beer, but not a high quality beer. Uh, it's been around for a long time. I love the bottle, by the way. Oh, the bottles are great. I, I don't know if I've ever, maybe I have, have had a red stripe in the past, but I really do like the style of the bottle. Awesome. All right. You want to give just, it, <laughs> you want to give it a little taste? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, cheers, Ben. Interesting beer that's been around for a long time. Hmm. Smooth, crisp. I mean, it is very Budweiser like. I would say it's better than Budweiser. Oh, I, I think I would so. Say it, it I is think so. A little bit. Better. I mean, like you said, it it does definitely finish off with a nice crispness at the end. Yeah. Um, but it's very light. I mean, there's almost no flavor whatsoever. It's be. I mean, there's it's 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 there's a little bit of beer flavor, but with that, but it, it it's it's nice how it just hits you at the back with that. Yep. You know, I like that, it. That that nice little crisp. I like finish, it. Which is nice. So but, where would you give it? What would you give it on a on our thirst and goal rating scale of? Hmm. One to ten as I just try because, to digest the fourth or fifth shot we've done tonight. Just because of the lack of flavor, um, I would say a five. I would, I would say it's an average. It's an average beer, definitely in this type of weather where it's warm summer. It's good for for this type of weather. But as far as uh, a very you know, I, I like hoppy beers. This one doesn't have much hop at all. Uh, but you know, the the crispness really does does help it along i mean it's it's nice it's it's i like it i, I can drink this for long yeah. periods of time definitely it's probably my second you know probably paps than this than but mm-hmm. i was gonna yeah i was gonna say paps has a little more flavor also has that crispness um but i would say about a five you know average it's, it's an average beer it's good all yeah. right yeah, yeah i drank a lot of this mm-hmm. as a child uh i shouldn't say child maybe 20 <laughs> Probably 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. I had a job at a grocery store in Mm -hmm. upstate New York. And I think we discussed last week or the week before, New York State is the number one apple producer in (laughs) the United States. And and, and as a part of my job, I used to work Friday nights, 3 o'clock to midnight every Friday night. And every Friday night during apple picking season, uh, I'm sure that these folks were not treated particularly well. Uh, but at 19, 20 years old, that wasn't on the top of mind for me. But busloads of Jamaican workers, migrant workers that would come in uh, that they brought over on, I think, H and whatever the, there's a visa for 
um, for migrant workers to come in. Bus loads that would come in every single Friday night, hundreds of them cashing their checks. So I would just sit at the window and I would take the checks and I would literally cash their checks. They would do all of their shopping. So I would see the same this adult men uh, by and large. So I'd see the same guys every single week, every single week, every single week. And then eventually they just started to invite me out to their bar that they would hang out at on Friday nights. And so I would, I, you know, I eventually I was like, you know, what the hell? So I went out there. It was, you know, you could probably tell from my voice. I was a very, you know, skinny young, uh, you know, I won't, you know, white guy from the suburbs and, you know, just hanging out in these bars. It was rural. It was very rural. Not, not suburbs. But it was, it was, it was very area. rural. But it was me and a friend of mine and literally hundreds of, you know, migrant workers from Jamaica, but they really took a liking to me. Yeah, and, man. and we'd hang out. <laughs> hey, Benjamin. Yeah. And they were just super, I'm super cool. another red stripe, man. <laughs> and this is the beer yeah, it's, that I would drink. And this is something you could definitely drink for long periods of time because of its freshness, its crispness. But if you're looking for a full flavored sort of beer, this is not that type of beer, but it's definitely, it's good. Yeah. And it was a fun, it was just a very fun time yeah. in my life because they sort of just really took a, a liking to me and I, you know, developed a really great a friendship guy, with a, with a lot a of guy. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> but you know, it was just a, an interesting experience uh, that I had listening to different types of music and, and dancing and, you know, things that Franny could probably, if he saw a videotape of it, would not recognize me I probably at would. all yeah. in terms of the things I was doing. <laughs> Um, not sure what you were doing, but, uh, no, just, just let, letting loose in a way that you probably haven't seen me, uh, okay, uh let baby, loose I, I, yeah. in my forties. Let's move on. Yes. Let's all right. Move on, let's man. move on. All right. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our feel good story and you always find the best feel good stories. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our feel good story. Right, and we are back with Ben's feel good story. All right. Oh, yeah. Here we go a little story about Max Crosby, lineman for defensive lineman for the Las Vegas Raider. His roots are blue collar, sun up to sundown. Dad still rips up floors and lays down tile and handles demolition work. Mom is a photographer who worked as a waitress and held three jobs when he was in high school. Max Crosby knows the importance of perseverance and apparently a giving spirit. By signing up, oh, sorry, as part, well, uh, wait. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. It's it's somewhere in there. What is What did I, did I da, 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 what did I put in here? It was copy and paste a couple of times, probably. Uh, actually, it was. It was. So Crosby is entering just his second NFL season with the Raiders, but he has embraced the leadership qualities one might attach to a veteran. He's new to Las Vegas. Talk about making a mark. Crosby on Wednesday will host or did host an Athletes Doing Good Radiothon to benefit Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital, part of a foundation that is nationally recognized for transforming healthcare through high quality and sustainable costs. As part of the platform, it provides neurosurgery services for children at Sunrise Hospital and Medical Center. With everything going on in the world right now, people are struggling and losing jobs and kids are sick and might be in hospitals fighting for their lives, Crosby said. 
it's not easy financially on them. I'm not just going to sit back and enjoy the life of being an NFL player and having more money than the average American. And this guy is a rookie or second year player. I want to help people out. I'm just excited to be in a position that allows me to do so. He had one scholarship, one out of high school, a defensive end from Eastern Michigan, whose rookie NFL season produced numbers far above his fourth round draft placement. Crosby led the Raiders with 10 sacks, second all time for a rookie in franchise history. So after a bungling over uh, that story a little <laughs> bit there, uh, we opted not to start from scratch on that one. Friday, what say you about Matt? Crosby, no, I mean, blue collar roots. Yeah, I mean, for somebody that's just a second uh, second year player to try to be making that sort of a difference in a community, in a new community, we moving from Oakland to Las Vegas now. Good for him. I mean, that, that's awesome. You know, and it's not like he makes a ton of money. Nope, fourth either. year, fourth year player or fourth round pick, probably making less than a million dollars a yeah, year. Yeah, uh, you hear that, Richard Sherman. There are people out there that are good people. Raheem Mostert. Ma- Raheem <laughs> not saying that Mostert. they're not saying he's not doing some great things for the community, but somebody who has made, you know, a pretty decent amount of money in his career in the NFL, whereas this guy is just starting off in his NFL career and is trying to do good things for his community with a lower salary. Yeah. Than I mean, some he of would those admit guys. having more money than he had. But I want to say that about uh, Richard Sherman. I'm sure Richard Sherman, as outspoken as he is, he does a lot of good work. He does work. a lot yeah, of good work, definitely, for his community as well, Ben. Oh, he definitely you does. We, we, he was that. actually on our yeah. uh, feel good story yeah. a while back. Yeah. Uh, but you don't. You deserve, I mean, he deserves a, an apology from you, Ben. All right. I'll apologize. <laughs> A small apology for Richard Sherman. But thank you, Max Crosby, for showing folks that you don't have to be a top-tier player uh, to do good and to do good things and understand how lucky you are, especially playing for John Gruden. God knows you're going to need some good energy in your life. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week. It is our alcohol portion of the show. So We are here. I feel like the whole show's been an alcohol portion up to this point. It has been, but this is where we introduce our shot, our beverage, and our beer of the week. But first up, we have our shot of the week, and uh, it is in uh, you know, it commemorates the um, National Tequila Day, which I believe was yesterday or today. What's it's? I'm not sure it's exactly which day it was, but I know it's coming up. It's one of these days, and uh, because of that, it was poor, an inspiration. Poor research, right there. It was. It, it is yes, <laughs> but uh, it is inspiration for our shot tonight, which obviously has tequila in the shot it does it and what does. else is in there <laughs> well it's 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 actually a very simple shot and it's a very pretty shot too and you can find it on instagram and also on our twitter account ben's wonderfully run twitter account it was friday it was friday okay so okay july also yesterday was uh, national tequila day is that a and real thing national tequila day it is now it is now and so the shot has uh tequila Mixed with a little bit of a lime juice, either freshly squeezed or from that fancy little packaging that looks like a little lime in plastic, uh, which is what I used. Um, and so you mix a little bit of that together. You shake it on ice, obviously. 
and you pour it over some Bloody Mary mix. Ooh. And the Bloody Mary mix is something that I don't usually drink. So I'm guessing this would be a nice, spicy Ooh. little shot. Now on the rim, we have a little tahini to add. I know. I said I wanted to tahini. Wow, you over you have tahini well. and Bloody Mary mix. But the tahini is it's just a little bit though for you, Ben. Um, it's just on the rim there, and uh, it's it's a warm night tonight. It looks like it's coagulated just a little bit. That Bloody Mary mix looks a little thicker than it probably would be if it was chilled. But let's give it a shot, Ben. I mean, this is a shot that we've dubbed the Dirty Sanchez. The Jets have been in the news recently with their trade of Jamal Adams going to the Seattle Seahawks. That is some huge news. We were, um, you know, we weren't sure whether we should call this shot the Dirty Sanchez or the butt fumble, but a lot has been heard of the butt fumble in recent years, so we just decided to call it the Dirty Sanchez. But um, yeah, we're ben, really interested to hear or to see what uh, Howie Roseman's disciple over there in <laughs> with the New York Jets does with these draft picks. His name escaped me at the moment. The yeah. uh, it came over from the Eagles to the Jets as their GM. Can't remember his Ooh, name God, as we sit here right today, <sighs> but he came fairly high regarded. And oh my he, God! And he has. I'm sure you can find that right now, Ben. But now he has three picks. Yeah, and that, what is he gonna do with those picks, Ben? Find that guy. What's his name? Oh my God! Ah, uh, there he is. There's Joe Douglas. Oh my yeah, God! It looks like he went to the easy. Roethlisberger School of Conditioning. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers to All you, right. Ben. Let's give a shot. A shot. The ben, Dirty Sanchez. Here we go. I'm a little scared taste. after the five shots we did already. It looks pretty thick already. But what would be coagulating? The uh, the Bloody Mary mix sitting right the on top bloody, of the tequila? Actually, you know, it looks like it's pretty liquidy when you kind of shake it around. All right. It smells like tequila. I'm afraid to, <laughs> I'm afraid to do this. The already. aroma is tequila. Yes. And I do have to get up early, so this is not a good sign. Uh, you love tequila, Ben. I know how much you love tequila. Uh, I do like tequila. <laughs> in the right. There's already a little bit of lime in, the, in there. So as a chaser, there's a little bit of a lime in there. So uh, oh, it smells pretty... It actually doesn't smell bad at all. Yeah, no, there's there's more. It's it's about sixty percent margarita, not margarita, uh, uh, bloody mary mix, um, with uh, about forty percent of the tequila and lime in there. So yeah, it smells it like be, Mark Sanchez's career. Shouldn't be terrible. All right, here all right. we go. Well, I mean, the Jets haven't really been good since Mark Sanchez. So all right, let's do this. He doesn't get enough credit. That's true. Cheers. Actually, not bad. It tastes. This would like, be a great shot on the beach. Wow, you definitely taste that margarita. I'm oh, not margarita. Oh my god, why do I keep on saying that? The Bloody Mary, the mix? Bloody Mary mix. Um, wow, it, that's you, good. You can taste the tomato. Why something in my nose? I feel like there's something coming down there's my some nose. Spice, definitely some spice in there. <laughs> Bless you. There it is. Wow, right there's there. definitely something that's, coming down my nose there. That's the. Uh, is, that could the, be allergies. is that the tahini? It could be allergies. I'm not sure. Exactly no, my what nose that has is. been great all night until I until I uh, either it's the tahini or maybe the the Bloody Mary mix. It just yeah, but that's actually a very, I feel like it's I mean, sort of it wanting to come sort of yeah. Into my I, nose. I think the only issue with that shot was that it wasn't chilled. I mean, I I, I was kind of scared to put it in the fridge. I was worried that the um, the Bloody Mary mix would get a little too thick in the fridge. Um, but that was actually pretty good. It would have been a little bit better if it was a little bit colder. Uh, then, you know, just about room temperature is about, you know, just about 70 degrees right now. So um, it's a solid. It, it's good. It's, it has a little bit of spice to it. Uh, you actually don't taste a lot of tequila in there. It's it's it's, it's uh, a lot of that Bloody Mary mix that, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was really good. I mean, this, it really reminded me of walking from the pool down to the beach in Kabul. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what it reminded me of. Like, this sure. would be the a, a shot to either take as a... Just, it's not harsh. Just drink it down or to just sort of sip on, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even stir it up a little bit and then sip on this down by the beach about 7 o'clock yeah. when the sun's going down. It's getting not cooler, but a little bit less, you know, less warm outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really sort of triggered it in my mind because I drank a lot of sort of uh, Bloody Caesars and that type of stuff when I was, you know, the times that we've been to Cabo. And that that really reminded me of better times. Yeah, and, and it's not dirty. I mean, it's, it, it's actually a pretty clean sort of smooth shot that went down. I would actually probably dirty it up just a little bit with something. Uh, maybe um, a little Tabasco a little... or a, a mm. hot sauce. Yeah, maybe some sort of a, an extra spice in there just to, uh, you know, kick it up a notch. Maybe yeah, maybe I'm not sure what that would be. You could throw a jalapeno yeah. in there. Ooh, that would actually be and really chew good. As yeah, it, yeah, yeah, chew that, that. As, it, as you're swallowing it. A little bit of extra spice right there. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that, that's 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 a good one for uh, from uh, you know some outdoor summer barbecue parties that are socially distanced. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now in exactly, the summertime. exactly. But uh, that's good. That's that was that was a decent shot. Um, for tonight, especially yeah. with the news that we've had on the podcast tonight with Jamal Adams moving on from the Jets to who would have thought the Jets would be the just Seattle Seahawks pining for those Mark Sanchez days <laughs> when they were going to the playoffs. Hey, man, two AFC championships yep. games for that guy. It's pretty impressive. Their defense was uh, very solid at the time, but good shot. Good shot. All right. And don't forget, folks, Friday does this every single week. He comes up with a new shot a new name for the shot every single week. And these shots are amazing week in and week out. Sometimes they taste great. Sometimes they are somewhat repugnant. Last week was not very good. But they come in strong every single week, and we give you our honest review. So please, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at Thirstand and at Goal Thirst, please give Franny a shout-out for doing this every single week. It's pretty amazing. Ronnie, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage of the week, which tonight is from Compass Box. It is the Great King Street. All right. We'll be right back with our whiskey of the week, our scotch of the week this week. So hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back with our beverage of the week. Like I mentioned, it is from Compass Box, Great King Street, Artists Blend. Ben, I'm sure you have some information for us. I do. This is Compass Box Scotch Whiskey Makers, Artists Blend. Artists Blend is a tribute to the blenders of the late 19th century. Individuals who used artistry, creativity, and craft to pioneer a spirit that became one of the world's most famous and desirable drinks. The combination of flavorful single malt whiskeys and delicate single grain whiskeys produced one of the most invigorating and pleasurable styles of scotch whiskey. It's 43% alcohol by volume, so 86 proof, non-chill filtered with a natural color. They drew on archive recipes from the golden era of whiskey making and applied their own 21st century cask maturation techniques to create whiskeys 
with a high single malt content, delivering compelling flavor and complexity while maintaining the versatility of a blended scotch. It's soft, full, and fruity on the palate with flavors of baked apple, vanilla, spices, and tasted or toasted oak. I'm going to download the fact sheet for this thing and see what exactly we have here. This is your uh, your brown song, yeah. huh, Ben? Yeah, playing in the background. I love it. This is, the style is rich, round, and fruity with hints of toasty oak, vanilla, and spice. It is, the recommendations are the versatile style is perfect for drinking neat with a splash of water or with ice. And you can enjoy artist blend with soda water as a classic highball or in a manner of, of all manner of cocktails. Wow, look at this. This is a, quite a little chart they've got here. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So the number one is the America's Barrel. Number, number The first fill, bourbon hogshead. Third, custom toasted and uh, French oak barrel. And then a sherry butt to end. Pretty sophisticated stuff you got here, Franny. I yeah, think, I mean, I think it might just, be too good for just, me. It's just no. I mean, it's just one of their offerings. They have so many different uh, offerings from Compass Box. This is one of their lower priced offerings. This is about forty dollars, but they definitely have higher priced bottles around eighty, ninety, a hundred, and beyond. Um, but you know, I have tried a uh, Compass Box offering in the past. It was their hedonism offering, and that was a very solid. Uh, you know, scotch. I mean, it, it, it was just, I mean, that night I was just sampling all different types of scotches and, and that one was, there was something unique about it. It was a different sort of flavor that I got from that one. And so, I mean, it, it, it's uh, very reminiscent of, you know, what um, Whistlepig does with, you know, their blended whiskeys and, and the way they age them in their own certain barrels. Um but uh, you know, let's give us a shot, though, Ben. I mean, like, where's your? Do you have your glass right there, I ready do. to go? So my let, Glen Karen glass. I'm all let's, sophisticated uh, now. In my sniff this thing and uh, see what uh, what sort of aromas come through. I'm gonna have to do another song one of these days. You and I will have to do a duet. Yeah, for, we've been talking uh, about that for a while now. Yeah. We haven't done it yet, but we might have to do a duet. You know, like a Sunny and Share sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Scotch. <laughs> the nose is nice. It's very soft. It's got it's a little soft, bit of a spirity. You know, I, I, I get a, a little, little, bit, bit, a little bit. bit of almost like an apple cidery sort of sweetness to it. It has a lot of sweetness on the nose. The aroma is soft, but sweet. I got a little sweetness, a little bit of fruit, but not much. Spicy. A little bit of spice. There's a little bit of spice pinching my nostrils right now yeah i mean i i can always i I sometimes confuse the spiritiness with the spice so i may improperly describe it as sort of a a spiritiness but it's more of a this case though i'm I'm getting uh like at the back of my nostrils it's just like this sort of spice that's has a little bit of bite to it it's almost like it it hangs in your nostrils pretty well cheers ben so let's give us a shot all right see how it tastes Oh, that's nice. Soft, woody, sweet, sweet, smooth. Like you said. Oh God, very smooth. But with a nice, nice spice kick a, on the end, a though. Nice little finish. On the finish. It's not harsh. It's just spicy. But it's the right amount of spice to be enjoyable. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't it's, it's necessarily not, want it without that. Yeah, and I mean, it has, has, has a nice little bite right on the end. So it starts off with that sweet vanilla, a little bit of fruitiness to it as well. And it finishes off with that little bit of spice around the back of your throat. And it is, it's nice. I like it. Yeah, I don't know if it comes from the sherry cask at the end there, that little bit of a, it's sort of a little bit of a fruity, but it's it's not. It's not a significant fruity. Yeah, and, and and for something that is forty three percent alcohol, um, it's extremely smooth. Uh, you know, eighty six proof. Uh, it goes down so smoothly, almost too smoothly. Oh my god, that'd be great um, with a cigar. This where, is a very nice like, cigar scotch. You could you could definitely drink this very easily. Yeah, um, and the one you brought out last week was a hundred proof, a little bit over a hundred proof. The, the no, rye. Oh uh, no, we had the and cognac. The, we had the cognac last week. Oh, after uh, in post production, yeah. you brought me out. Oh something. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that, and that was, was crazy harsh. Yeah, yeah. That, I can't remember what that was. It was like a hundred and yeah, it, it was uh, it was a hundred and six percent, one hundred six proof. It was fifty three percent comparatively. Yeah, I mean the smoothness level on this is out of sight. At forty three percent. That is maybe these whistle pig, uh, you know, buy like, up just some like scotches candy. and, and just blend like it candy. in their own and 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 age it in their own barrels. That's yeah, a good blended blended scotch. That is very good. Because I mean, immediately I hear the word blended, and I'm like, Ugh, okay, here we go. Are you really? Uh, is that how you really yeah. feel, man? Well, just the word blended, it's like, okay, what did you mix together to make this? Hmm. But this is really, really because I mean some of the whistle pig offerings that were the more expensive ones mm-hmm. weren't yeah, it, it, what we hoped for given yeah, the price point. Exactly. Whereas this is something that you can it's easily attainable at forty bucks. Um and, and it's 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 right up there with other, you know, scotches around that same price point where it's um you know easily drinkable. Uh you know, it's it's has some complexity to it. I mean, there there oh, are certain sure. flavors there that you have to think about, and you know it sort of keeps you coming back for more. But I really enjoy is that sort of that that little bit of spice that hits you at the back of the throat. Yeah, wow! Once it goes down, um, yeah, it's it's good. It's sweet, um, and it lies they're, they're on the, it lies that, on the palate. So nice. You know, the, I mean, it they, really lies on your tongue. Really, yeah, I mean, really they, nice. They mentioned that that baked apple, but you can you can you can smell it. more of you, a. You get that the aroma in the in 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 the notes of it, but but not in the. Fl- I get a little fruitiness on the tongue, a little vanilla on the tongue, but it really sits on your palate. It, I mean, not harsh at all. It just sort of, if you like hold a, it on your tongue, it just really sits there, really nice. A little bit of like vanilla custard. It's like it, it's yeah. it's like it's like it's 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 sort of like that because it has a, a little bit of creaminess also but on the back hard, of the tongue. Yeah. But at forty six, I mean at forty three percent, I mean I'm shocked at how well it sits yeah. right on my palate, mm-hmm. and I can and I can soak in the flavor right on my tongue so easily and not feel, you know, encouraged to swallow it because it's 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 hurting my tongue. It's it's the harshness is not there, and it smells fantastic. I mean the the smell of it. Mm. It's soft. I mean, it has no... And the bottle is great. It doesn't come in the traditional scotch sort of wine-style mm-hmm, bottle. Mm-hmm. It comes in more of a fat... I don't know. I'm sure there's a like name a, for this yeah. style of bottle. but It's it, chunky. It's, it's a chunky <laughs> bottle. It's not your typical scotch bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Glen, the Glenmorangie uh, Glen 
comes in a little bit wider bottle, but a lot of the scotches come in that sort of traditional scotch style oh, bottle. No, the, the Glenmorangie comes in, a, you know, sort of a regular. Oh, the Glenmorangie came in Glen a little Moray. bit chunkier yeah, yeah, bottle. Yeah, that that one was fat. That was a fat little yeah. bottle uh, that 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 came in. The neck was a little thicker uh, than usual as well, but the, the, this one. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice bottle. It's a nice design. They all have very nice graphics on all their bottles. Like, Ben, before we started the podcast, um, you know, I mentioned that they have that Peat Monster. And eventually we'll get that that Peat Monster on I here, too, because I know, you love, I know you love the Peat. Uh, you've, you've grown a fan of the you've, you've You've made me become a fan of the Peaty, uh, smoky scotches where I wasn't before. I brought you to the brown, but you brought me to the peat. <laughs> and I love it. I mean, yeah. it, it's just that that smell of fresh, but also decay at the same time. That's why I love those peaty. I mean, this is this is as clean. This is, this is really clean. I mean, the more I drink it, I mean, it's so clean. The more I like it because if you if you pay attention to the flavors coming through, there is a slight bit of peat. Right at the finish, I mean, you get a little, bit, a little bit of sweetness, but there's that there's that peat that you that you can sort of taste right at the finish of it. A little bit, a little bit, a but that's what I. Bit, it's it's yeah. not as soft as some scotches. Oh God, no! But no. It, but it begs you to to hold it in your mouth. It doesn't deter you from holding it in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, it, well, <laughs> at forty three percent, a lot of these you get it, you hold it on your tongue, and it becomes painful after after a period of time. Mm-hmm. This one you can really hold it on your palate and get all the flavors before you swallow it without any real harshness. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and and it has has it's, it's highly rated. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of folks out there that are you know have rated this very highly. You know, at, at Total Wine, I usually look at the ratings that they give certain scotches or whiskeys or you know just just rye bourbons in general. Um, even cognacs, you know, this one didn't have any sort of rating. Uh, I I just saw that it was a compass box and. Just my experience with that compass box hedonism, um, you know, it 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 it. it, it I was looking at so many today on the shelf. I wasn't sure what to get, but it it, it kind of grabbed me, and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go and get that compass box because I, I, I like enjoyed it. that one offering so much that I'm going to go back and get another compass box offering. And I'm glad that I did because this is a very good, very solid blended whiskey for the price of forty dollars. This is very solid, actually. Because when Frane goes into Total Wine, you said I seriously wasn't sure what's. I was, I was, I had a huge, a huge question mark on my forehead, Ben. No, when you go in there, this is what you say: You play to win the game. Frane puts his head down. And he doesn't walk out of total line until he's victorious. And I'm glad. I'm glad that I stuck with uh, the compass box because there was a couple other ones that I was thinking of of, of of purchasing. But this one, I'm very glad that I got this one. Yeah, because I walk in, I'm like, how much is that? How much is that, Dickel? Oh, that must be good. <laughs> it's 120 bucks. Let's get that. No, well, and then, you, you don't say that. It's the guy that's selling it to you. Yeah. you and you, I get you, the whistle pig rye home. I'm like, okay, doesn't really taste great. Doesn't yeah, really have a good. bite I mean, to they're, it. They're doesn't good. really have any spice to it. But I was, uh, I wasn't sure what to buy today. You know, 
I was like, should I get a bourbon? Should I get a rye? Should I get a scotch? It's been a few weeks since, since we've had a scotch on the podcast. And this is a, a you know, it, it's a blended scotch. We haven't had too many blended scotches on the podcast, but I'm very happy with uh, with tonight's offering. This is very good. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot agree more. I mean, just the flavor on my tongue, the nice spice on the finish, the vanilla, the toasted sort of toasted woodiness to mm-hmm. it on my palate as well. And at, at I know I've said it a thousand times since we started this review, but at 43%, you'd never know it. It doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't it's have that. Smooth, but spicy. Yeah. Very nice. I mean, because we've had someone that are, you know, 40, you know, 45 proof or 45%, you know, 50% where they're just so much more harsh than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it almost overwhelms you. Some of the, you know, I, li- I really like the old Forster, but I think we had one that was just like, oh, that's just too much. Uh, but what would you give this front end on our rating? Uh, Thirsty goal rating scale of one you know, to when ten. I, when I first sipped it, I was thinking of seven. But the more you kind of sip on it, I would say about an eight. It's it's very good, oh. very solid offering. Uh, it's very enjoyable. Um, so I would say an eight because it's, it, it's, it's, as you drink it, you realize the complexity of it. Um, so I definitely give it an eight because it definitely keeps you coming back for more. I'm going to give it a nine. Ooh, Ben, you don't usually give. I don't, but this is really, really, beverages. really good. If, if it's not a, an Islay. Yeah, I mean it's a different isla, category. Isla, I mean that's isla. a different category. Scotch, but I mean those those isla scotches. I mean they they there's that extra you know yeah. sort of oh yeah you gotta be ready for it. to yeah. it. Um, and if you enjoy it, good for you. If you don't, then I mean it's it's it's, it's not know, for you so, exactly. Um, but I'm I'm surprised that you're giving this blended scotch. It's as good as I mean it's as know, good as scotch as is it's it's as good a non. Isla Scotch as I've yeah, had on the show. Uh, especially for something at $40. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's a very good price we've range had a bunch for of a, a solid offering. And uh, definitely uh, in the near future, we'll get the uh, the Peat Monster. Uh, that's definitely something that I want to I want to try. Um, it's you know, good. I mean, it's is, good. That would be the third offering then that I've tried from Compass Box. So everything has been delicious yeah, so it, far. It, I mean, we've had a lot of scotches on the show. I mean, the Islas stand to me in a category alone. I only judge yeah, them sort of against each other. Yeah. But in terms of the more traditional scotches, we've had a lot of them. We've had a lot of the Glenmore. We have the Glenmore yeah. the the Glen Levitts, the Glen Moray, Glen Fittich. Uh, the Glen Fittich. We've had some of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. I can't remember who makes well, those. Uh, Cardio and and uh, Talisker, but you know, the, the, but we've had you know, a Talisker few is also a little them. bit smoky as well. But this um, one, this one is probably other than, other than other than the the Islas. This is probably one of, if not the only, Scotch that we've tried that isn't an Isla that I would reach for mm-hmm. and drink. Because there's a pinch of peatiness. There's just something the in there that just well. and it's so smooth and it's so very drinkable, very I mean, drinkable. So uh, you know, open to letting yeah. you explore it on your tongue. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I mean, because, uh, you know, I was reading some of the reviews also. I mean, when I go to uh, 
total wine. People probably think I'm a weirdo because I'm reading reviews as I'm standing there in the aisle blocking their way. You play uh, from, to from win reaching. the game. Exactly. And and, and some people uh, compared it to um, Monkey Shoulder. and Never heard of it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Monkey Shoulder. I, I, I'm not I, a big I, fan I, of the name. I, 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 <laughs> but it, it, it's to me, it just... it, it doesn't even compare it's not even close this is way better than monkey shoulder i didn't enjoy monkey shoulder at all i mean it's good but not great is this that like is, the fireball is, of scotches no 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 it, it's it's also a blended scotch but it's it has this sort of mm, i don't know if i want to call it syrupy but it's it's just it's definitely not on the same level as this compass box offering no, no yeah but look at it on the glass i mean yeah. look at it on the glass i mean, I mean uh, almost clear I do not like a syrupy, the, the color, drippy, you know, where, where there's that syrup on the side of the glass. Yeah, I mean, and the First color gosh, of it. This the, doesn't have any of it. No, I mean, the, the color of it is it's very light. It's almost clear. I mean, there's a, 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 a slight yellow tinge to it. So, you know, I mean, we're, we're used to something a little bit darker, a little more bronze or copper, whereas this one is very light. Very light. It's, uh, I wouldn't even say amber. It's, it's. I, I don't even know yeah, what color I would use other than very, very light, light, light brownish yellow. Yeah, it's, it's very light. It's extremely light. But I mean, the flavors that are coming through are very complex. And, you know, um, I would definitely recommend this to uh, to anybody, especially within that price range. Forty dollars. Yeah. Good. And if you smoke cigars, this would be a nice, nice, nice scotch <laughs> to take with a cigar right after you, you know, finish your red stripe. We should. Uh, Pull out cigars I have for some. this segment of the podcast. Yeah, I have some, and we can yeah. get some more. I mean, just, I have some that Sonia brought back, and we have some other you ones. Know, just, 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 just uh, light them up for this portion, but no other portion of the show. Put them out, light them up next week. Yeah, well, I don't know if you want to put them out and relight them, but <laughs> oh, you could. <laughs> That's I mean, true. Could. Depends on how expensive yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll get a humidor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you're at eight. I'm at nine. Anything else to add about this great, great no, offering? I, I am. I am. Herb I'm, Edwards would be proud. I am surprised. Of this. I am surprised. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beer of the week from Turkey. Wow, we our tried first a, one. We haven't tried a Turkish beer. We've tried beers from all over the world. We've tried Croatian, Czech, Ukrainian, American, obviously, Armenian, Mexican, French. Canadian, French, uh, Chinese, Jamaican, Korean, from all over yeah. the world. We try beers, Australian, Jamaican, did you say yeah. Jamaican? Iceland. You said Jamaican. Icelandic. Iceland. Multiple Icelandic yeah. beers, not just one. Those poor, San Diego. those poor British offerings that we did try as well. Buddington's was pretty terrible, uh, but we've tried beers from all over the world, and tonight we have a Turkish offering. All right, so hold tight, everybody. We're going to crack it open, and we'll be right back with our beer of the week. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week. Like I mentioned, it is from Turkey. It is Ephes Pilsner, the Mediterranean beer band. I'm sure you have some information for us. A little that, traditional Turkish music there. Uh, on YouTube, it, it definitely says traditional <laughs> Turkish music. That is correct. <laughs> All right. This is 
brewed by the Effis Group. It's An Anadu. Oh wait, let me try this one more time. Anadolu Effis. The style is Pilsner. It's brewed in Istanbul, Turkey. The Effis Group of breweries produce a wide range of alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages within Turkey and surrounding countries, Russia, and its former territory, Central Asia, and in the Middle East, and is popular wherever you see Turkish expats. Anadolu Efes, the brewery, was founded by the Ozihan and Yasasi families in 1969. I'm sure that's wrong. And now is a market leader in Turkey with over 80% of the market share wow. with strategic partnerships with the likes of Saab Miller, for example, Ana- Anadolu FS has cornered a lot of the market in both Russia and the Ukraine as the company exports most of what they produce. Turkey is a Muslim nation after all. Anadolu FS has become one of the largest breweries, not just in Europe, but also in the world. Uh, the alcohol by volume is 5%. This is allegedly the number one Mediterranean beer in the world, as their slogan says, which is a big ask. But let's see, according to this review from thisdrinkinglife.com. One or on a pour has a very clear golden yellow color, looks good, has a nice head, not a bad looking beer at all, looks pretty decent. Had a nice beery smell. That's not a writing uh, endorsement. Looks yeah. like a beer, all right. <laughs> it's like a beer. Had a nice beery smell, nice smell of malt and grains. Got a lot of fruits on the nose, a nice aroma. The taste was very sweet, lots of malts in a weird way. It tasted like washing up washing up liquid but strangely not in a bad way a starchy kind of taste not bad but sweet a smooth beer very drinkable light don't really get the five percent alcohol flavor some hops are present a little sour but not overly bitter really smooth drinkable goes down well overall it's okay (laughs) But this review, they think they might need to try this once again for uh, another sitting. Well, it's not like it's uh, it's very good. But yeah, let's give it a shot, a, Ben. It's not a ringing let's, endorsement there. Uh, turn down the traditional Turkish music there. <laughs> there we are. Well, I mean, look at me. Uh, it looks beautiful. Uh, right they, I mean, yeah, they're, they're there in Istanbul. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of uh, the Croatian. When we go to Croatia, they play that Turkish soap opera. Oh, my God. Every it's night. so huge everywhere. Yeah, and it's huge over there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. It looks so beautiful over there. All right. You want to give this beautiful Turkish beer a taste or it a smell? Have... Smells like, oh, wow. <laughs> It's it's. I'm it's, not crazy about the scent of this, the, uh, the aroma of this beer. It's, it's malty. Uh, oh my god! A little it's super sour. malty. It's sour. So there's, a, there's a malty sour. It tastes like, like a, it tastes like they poured yeast in after they bottled it. It looks like beer, all right. <laughs> this tastes like a beer with some sourness, it's, and it's got head. <laughs> Must be a beer. Yeah, it's very malty. Wow. Well, let's give it a shot, Ben. I mean, I, I'm, I'm smelling a, I'm smelling a lot of that maltiness. Um, I mean, serious malt. I mean, it, it, it kind of makes makes you question the flavor of the beer after all that malty sourness that you're sort of getting. Let's, let's see good. what Maybe FS pills. Let's see. Cheers. Uh, all that head and no carbonation. That is literally no carbonation. I can't taste a single drop. Or bubble of CO2 in this entire beer. It's undercarbonated for sure. 
but the flavor is not bad. It's not bad. It t- it's got a little sourness, a little almost dankness. Dang, it does have a dankness, bro, <laughs> but not in a good way. Not in a good way. San Diego, yeah. Istanbul. <laughs> this is the San Diego beer of Istanbul. This is the PB of Istanbul right here. I mean, you you, you definitely get that that dankness. I mean, that, you know, that's the best way to sort of describe it. But it has no bite um, at all. Like no bite, none. This tastes like the beer that I brewed in my bathtub in Buffalo when I was in college. There is no a, carbonation, but the flavors all right. There is a slight metallicness to it for a moment. But I can't, you know, it's an interesting flavor. It's I mean um I can't get past the sheer the red stripe uh, lack of carbonation, like there's the utter there's, complete there's, lack of carbonation. There's not much flavor to the red stripe, whereas this has flavor, but I can't say it's the right flavor. I don't even know what that flavor is. It's uh, it's dank, bro. Uh, it, it is dank, bro. <laughs> but it doesn't have the hoppiness to follow it. There's not much hoppiness. It is um. It is malty, um, which is not my my sort of flavor profile. For it's not what I look for in a beer. Mm. If you look at Beer Advocate, you got two point eight two out of five, three point four out of five, three point seven out of five. These people have never drank beer in their lives. Three point six out of five. Two point eight three is about where I'd put this. Um. <laughs> it says it says smell corny and sweet, maybe a hint of light floral hops. Taste same as the smell, just not a lot going on I here see, besides the, the corn sweetness. Yeah, see, I'm not getting the, the hops. feel crisp, crisp. There's not there's there's like a, there's no crispness in this beer, just slight but not much. Uh, uh, to me, I can't get I can't get a bubble out of this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't get. I mean, the carbonation is is literally to me anyway non-existent. A little bit of dryness to it. On the finish, too. Um, and our Armenian beer was way better. There are some similarities uh, in terms of tastes almost that sort of rotten um, metallic. I don't know. I get like a, a like a metallic sort of flavor to you know probably aluminum the in there. Um. Yeah, it's where would you rate this? Zinc? I mean, it's, it's some it's, zinc in there, maybe. It's 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 um um you know for a German, it doesn't taste like a German pilsner. Well, it does not taste like. Uh, I mean, that's that's what it's supposed uh, to mimic. Yeah, I mean, a German pilsner tastes very much like a pilsner. It's uh, almost like your prototypical. Yeah, you know, there's more. Pilsner. There's usually a little more crisp. I mean, there's, on the finish there's not a bubble in there. there. There's bubbles, but uh, there are. But where? Why aren't they the, in my mouth? Yeah, I wish there was a little bit more. Um, more carbonation, but there's just not. I mean, this this is probably the least carbonated beer we've ever tried. And you you usually comment on the lack of carbonation. Mm-hmm. Like this one, I I mean, I could see maybe if it's a thousand degrees outside, I could. And this is cold. It's cold. I'd be looking forward to it, but this is pretty bad. Mm. Uh, I get the corn. I get the malty. I was like, okay, yeah. well, I'll, I'll drink. Uh, I'll drink the rest of that other one you brought with you, or the yeah, rest I mean, of that I, six pack. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, we go with Sam. Um, but uh, there is a. 
dank. There's, I mean, there's like, I mean, if, if it's it dank, depends, but not, it in depends, the San, not in the San Diego way, yeah, more yeah, in yeah. A, the barrel had a hole in it and some oxygen hmm. got in kind of way. I mean, I, I could see why, you know, um, Turkey is not known for its beers. If, if, if this is their main stuff, well, I guess you could say about a lot of countries, especially well, they have the to American export Budweiser. it because I mean, there's yeah, a lot um, of, there's a lot of, you know, they're, they're, much more yeah, but to market it as the religious than they were Mediterranean beer. There are better beers on the Mediterranean than FS Pilsner. Yeah, let's see. This is one from way back in 2011. Well, that's a lot of words. Uh, yeah, I mean, where, where, where would you rate this though, Ben? This is quite a nice German style Pilsner. It no, doesn't have not. the massive flavors of a Czech Pilsner. But is light, not overly carbonated, and very pleasant to drink. It may no. be a tad sweet for some, but I think this would be a great beer for a hot day. No. Uh, by no means no. is this a spectacular beer, but as far as a mass-produced beer goes, it's uh, very good. This no. is from Beer uh, Beer O'Clock <laughs> Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but no. it, it, I mean, I, I do agree with that, though. It doesn't have the massive flavors of a Czech Pilsner, but it, no. no. Czech Pilsners don't have massive flavors. They just have beer yeah, it's for flavors and pilsner flavors this has puddle that's been sitting on the street for a few days flavor yeah you know that's a that is a good description for this beer ben it almost tastes like a beer that you left sitting around in the sun to warm up and it has that sort of um Urine flavor to yeah, it. you refrigerate it, then you put it back in the sun, then you refrigerate it again, yeah, then you put it back it, in the sun. It, 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 it tastes like a beer that was crisp that was left in the sun, and this is this is sort of what you get, but it's cold. Um, where would you rate this, Ben? Uh, four, three. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking of three. four. I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna a go four. with a three. I'm gonna go with a three. There might be some people that may find this beer enjoyable. Um. Or palatable. I don't want to meet those people. But I, it's not my type of beer. Yeah, you know, everybody has their own sort of you know flavor profile, something that they might search for in a beer. But this is not what I want. This is not what I, I mean. Like if in it a beer. had a, a nice, a really nice crisp carbonation mm. that would sort of take the bite out of that dank. No, no it would be great. I mean, spoiled no, no, great. corn great. malty flavor. If it had more carbonation, it would it would definitely elevate the flavor of this beer. Whereas, you know, not having any sort of carbonation whatsoever, it, it, it's I mean, it's it's difficult to drink. I mean, you know, and, and you have five more of them sitting around. <laughs> well, I have the blue bin. Do you have any Turkish? <laughs> I have, have the any, blue bin out front. Do you have any Turkish friends? Uh, that might probably uh, at the office, uh, probably, in, but they probably won't drink it. The Ephes. I'll ask them if they would like an yeah. Ephes. They'll probably say, no, we <laughs> drink beers from Czechoslovakia, Germany, and Austria. Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore, sorry, by the way. <laughs> the Czech Republic. I'm sorry, the Czech Republic. <laughs> Thank you. I can't believe I keep <laughs> saying it. The Czech Republic. I'm old. I'm not misinformed. I'm just old and front. Remember me. that beer that we tried from the USSR? <laughs> oh, I wish the USSR was still around. <laughs> simpler times. Yeah. Simpler times. Yeah. One enemy. One less country. Yeah. One <laughs> enemy. You know, just simpler times in the United States. You know, the world was a much less complex place back then. At least from an American perspective. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, not very good. Four yeah. for me, three for you, Ben. Yeah, I wish it were better, but you know, it's not well. At least with the uh, the beverage uh, the, or the brown of the evening. Oh, the brown was uh, yeah, amazing. That, that was amazing. The beer. That's going to be my post production. Not so much drink because that's how good it is. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our housekeeping to finish up the show. Oh, it's depressing as all get out. We are Thirsty Gold Podcast, a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please, please, please head over to our website at thirstinggold.busproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. Check out the show notes. Please check out the show notes. We put a lot of work into those, and you can get links to all of the stories that we cover, and you can get reviews of all of the whiskeys, the bourbons, the scotches, the cognacs that we review from there, as well as the beers, the pilsners, the rattlers, all of the uh, the beers that we review. You get links to all of the podcatchers all out that, there. All that stuff. All that stuff well, that, that we review. Out there. You get links to all the podcatchers, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Castbox, Castbox, Pocket Cast, uh, as well as Pandora. Please check us out on Pandora, folks. We are on Pandora. That was a lot of work to get on there, so please check us out on Pandora. You can download the episodes directly from our website, as well as from your podcatchers. You can email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. You can follow us on my very, very mediocre Twitter account, it's, at Goal Thirst. It's good. You're, 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 you're underselling yourself, Ben. That is, that so is fantastic. probably not true. And on Friday's amazing... Twitter. My favorite Twitter, by the way. <laughs> my favorite. My only Twitter that I follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Way, but my favorite. <laughs> And you get links to Franny's Instagram, which is amazing, at Thirst And. And check out all the photography, the professional photography that Franny puts out every single week. Thank you all so much. Franny, anything else to say before we finish up the show? Can we move on? <laughs> yeah, can we move on? <laughs> now, thank you so very much to everybody listening out there around the globe. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you next week.